spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up, wake me up. Wake up, wake up, wake me up. Oh, wake me up, wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. oh. left hand oh. slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Begin each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. This is R and R a big Friday edition? Yeah, we made it. That's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. Easy E on the other side of the double pane, and we got four hours of football coming your direction. Edwin, you didn't get the memo. Did you see what color that we're donning today? It is Aggie kickoff weekend. That's this- right. I'm not an Aggie fan. Well, neither what is Rudy, but at least he put on some colors we're in support team, of his Edwin. co-host. <laughs> You don't even have on burnt orange. You don't even have the orange and blue that your Mavericks would yeah. be wearing. Well, they don't have a football team. <laughs> That's why we ask you to adopt the maroon. Yeah, man. This is Maroon Friday. Come on. Although I would like to thank Rudy J. Although he didn't realize <laughs> didn't know it. it until... You know what? It's the it's the aura it's that the I put It's the energy. Off. Just that positive Aggie energy, which that's a sentence that's never been said before. Yeah. Which, what, you taking off tomorrow, aren't you? Gonna get, you gonna... Look like I'm going to the game, baby. Look like I'm going to go sit in the sun. So, and... translation, your wife said y'all are going. Kind of. Kind of. See, we, we have finally, after now uh, eight years of paying tuition to other, to send kids. Right. We finally managed to get a child in a place where I can go stay at his place. And what you say, you can walk. And he's, and he's yeah, he's staying in a rough neighborhood, but he's living. Are you and about I, to put your son on the couch in his own apartment? No, I'm going to send him over to his girlfriend. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to stay at his place. Yo, by the way, son, since I pay for that, since I'm paying, you got to get out. This, so you pretty much, when you want to Airbnb his apartment, you're going to kick him out. I'm going to throw him out. If, the, if he's a little short, I'm going to put you up on Airbnb this like, weekend, son. You don't maintain a 3-5? <laughs> you better hope. <laughs> We don't have a renter that weekend. Yeah, we'll put we'll build you a tent. You can or you can you go sleep what? at your fraternity house. Now that I actually think about it, consider you can walk to the stadium. Y'all could probably make a little bit of well, change. You, you, you know, make, y'all could probably make a little bit of money off of, off of your investment. So many of my fr- not not so many, but those that had the ability, the means, right? That when their kid went off and they had several, and the expectation was they were all going to follow. That went up and like bought a house. Oh, right. With the intent of, uh, you know, like it was going to be three kids that come there. through there, right? And then now that I have a friend that they've all come and gone, now he's got a house that he Airbnbs. Wow! So I wish I was smart like those people. I wish I was smart like Gil Brandt. 
like our, our our early birders on YouTube. Good morning yeah. to all of you. Good morning to people with all of our people with a purpose. They get up early and get things done and sound off like you got a pair. We got a we're going to look back today on Gil Brandt's long and illustrious Dallas Cowboy career. Drew Pearson joined the Blitz yesterday, and there was no better spokesperson for the likes of a Gil Brandt than Drew. I, I was watching a highlight earlier. For those of you who lost ESPN yesterday afternoon and oh are sitting God. on the NFL Network. Did you lose it yesterday? No, I have U-verse. I'm okay. good. Man, oh, man. I bet there are some angry folks. If you're watching the NFL Network, they were sh- showing a uh, a package about Gil Brandt, and they brought up an old NFL Films story of Gil Brandt, the scout scout. And uh, truly was. That I, happened, right? It was about 9.50. Literally. 9.50. Because we went off at 9.51 yesterday. So about 9.50, I was like, Rob, I think Gil Brandt just passed away. You know, when you reach an age where I, I, I've been around, and I've been in, in Gil Brandt's orbit for 20 yeah. years. And the way you saw him talk with anybody is the way he talked with me. Um. Mm-hmm. Just a wonderful man. Just a wonderful man in general, but a football mind the likes of which that changed the league. Uh, we'll get into who and how and all of that in a bit, but man, what a great loss to Cowboy Nation as a true architect, the founder, the beginner of America's team. It's, uh, it's you know, it stinks that, I don't know, you know, I guess their first home game isn't until a couple of weeks because their first game, speaking of the Cowboys, is in New York, but I would guess week two when they come back home versus the Jets, Will be a big Gilbrandt blowout. I, I would hope. think. Uh, you know, I would le- think. I mean, he is in the Ring of Honor. At least Jerry had the good sense, right? Before he passed, right? Hopefully, maybe there's, it's a wake up call. I hope. We really hope um, because he had the the pleasure. We had the pleasure of watching Gilbrandt not only go into the Ring of Honor but into the Hall of Fame. Now, didn't you say he wasn't somewhere we just were? And which kind normally, of shocked you? Uh, uh, yeah, he's always at Cowboy Training Camp. Okay, and I had the the good fortune of meeting him for the first time. Uh, at a Cowboys training camp, but it was here in San Antonio the first time I interviewed him here. Um, but he was a fixture at camp, and he was always available, and he was uh, uh, just a football mind, the likes of which he knew everybody. He knew everybody and everything about everything in the league. He knew every player. He knew what, where they went to school. He knew their 40s. He knew their – I mean, it didn't matter the player you brought up, and this was up until last year. Yeah, we definitely got to talk Gil Brand. Wonderful Drew. man. Crazy. Jason just – Hey, I'm gonna call up Drew Pearson real quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like think about that. Like, keep in mind the reason Drew is near and dear to my heart is my mama. Oh yeah, loved Drew. Like, I'm talking about a different type of love for her. Drew, if the Cowboys and Drew ain't playing, I ain't watching. <laughs> like, literally. So you know, so for me, for me to have you know be sitting next to you and you know no minutes and the fact that. You know, he could just call up Drew Pearson is crazy to me. About 6.30, we'll get into what we saw last night. College football began. Well, did, did everybody see but, it? But, yeah, I was going to say, oh, my gosh. How, if you did get cut off right at kickoff, which I understand is what ESP or what Spectrum did, and then throw up that, we gave best offers to Disney, and blah, 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 but they took football from you. If that happened, you all want to hear. Just let us know. It's crazy. Um, I... This is the first time in my memory that this didn't affect me. Normally, if normally it, it affects you all the time. I, I was on Dish. Dish don't pay nobody nothing. If you want one dime more as a network, they're nope, not going to pay you. I, I watched them lose HBO. Uh, they lost a couple of other networks that just never came back. Like, no, we're just not going to carry it. 
So then that was always me, and I was bound under a contract. This time I sit back and laugh yeah. at you. Bro. Yeah, so when <laughs> Pledge sent it to the WhatsApp, like this just happened, Minix was like, oh. well, this they've been talking about this since last Friday, that this may happen. And then, you know, and then Spectrum tries to make it seem like Spectrum throws Walt Disney all the way under the bus. Oh, like, we're working hard to make sure we're not overpaying and blah, blah, blah. This isn't on us. Pretty much saying... I ain't going to read the stupid tweet. They blamed Walt Disney for this, not themselves. I used to think that, and and Dish was always proud of themselves. Like, you know what? We held the line. I'm like, dude, I'll pay for it. I'll right. pay for it. I want this back. You have, yeah, you got to have you. It's football season, no sports center. And to do it it's at like kickoff, no, like. No sports center during football season is like no phone when you're dropping a deuce. Let me tell you. Yeah. It's like, it's just weird. It's just, I don't <laughs> just, know what to do with myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I supposed to do in here? This is the, the 90s. We don't have magazines in here anymore. I'm stuck. Yeah, what am I supposed to do without the back of shampoo bottles? One Bro Gamer 123 won Nickelback tickets on the Blitz yesterday. But was denied them. Wow. I don't know, man. I, that, Bro he, Gamer take, will check. I don't take, know. Take, you got to take that up. You might have made Edwin mad. And if you made Edwin mad, I, I well, can't. Well, that's Pledge. Oh, oh that's Pledge. That oh, happened that during Pledge? the Blitz. Well, hey, man. Pledge gets kind of, you know, toward the end of the week when he's at hour number 88. Mm-hmm. Pledge could get a little cranky. So he might. Yeah, I don't know, Bro Gamer. We'll, we'll check on it, but I make no promises on that. You know, speaking of 40 times, you brought this up, and I ran across this on social media, and I thought it was a, a great idea. Dude, fantasy has gotten so creative. So these dudes, oh, 12 I saw dudes that. out of shape, huge, bigger than me at my biggest, they had they ran 40s to determine their draft order. <laughs> I've never seen so many 6.5s. I saw a couple, one guy run to like a 5.1. Which wow. Is, yeah, five, wow. Yeah, 5.1. That's, that's legit. If I could get... Under seven, Have you, I'd be happy. When was the last time God. you ran full speed? Oh, gosh. Like you went at yeah. it, not just a couple of steps to save the baby from whatever. I'm talking about a 30-yard speed burst. Gosh, you got to be back in my 20s when I was still See? hooping. When I was still hooping And regularly. even then, when you're hooping, you're not running full. Like Yeah, but what? I'm just saying, the last time like I really was trying to get somewhere I can't in remember. my 20s. The, the la- I do remember. My the- trainer tries to get me to run full speed sometimes. Like, you know, he'll say, like, yo, we're going to go outside. There's 500, 500 feet. You know, go ahead and, you know, you're going oh. sl- to drop off the sled. Then you're going to take off. I want you to at least 85%. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. Not, but I think my 85% is probably a good 55, but it looks like I'm trying. See? <laughs> So I I cannot think of the last time I've really like said like a dog behind you sprint never now, it's been a long time I've had occasion to kind of like speed I've noticed that as the years have gone I've gotten top heavy so you don't want that see that's what happened to you those get, guys running yeah, you, the forty one dude you, toppled over you, at the you line get top heavy I don't know how it happened but I'm starting I carry our all my get, weight our, above our my waist get, well it, what it is is our legs get weaker <laughs> whatever it is so if my body up it's like a tree if it starts leaning that direction I can't stop it I'm turning into the curb you know what I the reason why there's something to that Rob keep in mind Pledger stays in shape him and remember him and the Menez ran the 40 last year and Pledge bid it yes he, he did he bid it well, and he's and he's felt <laughs> so imagine me oh trying to, at 46 trying to run a 40 now, see, I can't even. I, I'm the I'm to the point where when my shoes untied, I'm like, well, it's just gonna stay untied. I, I, that's a long way down there. I cannot do that. I, I I'm gonna have to wait because I can't get all the way down and all the way back up. Tie my shoe. 
YouTuber Brian Thorne says, I don't run for free anymore. Exactly right. <laughs> and Eric Fence said he did, and he t- pulled a hammy. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no – Kevin Hart, really great shape. Last week, races his friend. You know, people talking crap. Oh, you can't beat me. Pulls an abdominal – like, tore his abdominal yeah, muscle. Yeah. Like, your body isn't used to those those Don't fast twitch muscles. They haven't fired off in decades. <laughs> and then you try to get them to fire off, and they're like, are you serious? You haven't worked a fast twitch mus- muscle in, t- in 20 years. Kidding me? You can't just take off and run a 40. Now, with all that being said. I'd have to train for a month to run a 40. It, if you trained, mm-hmm. how fast a 40 do you think you could run? You think you could 5'5"? Five, five? See, it is, it's, 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 it's tough to answer this question, Rob, because if I say too low, then somebody's going to challenge me. And <laughs> so I'm going to just so say, don't, don't, I, I, don't you know I know what I'm doing. I here. could get sub six. See, I know I couldn't. I, maybe I, I could. could. Get, I could get. Well, see, the thing is, Rob, you have what you would work on during your training is your stride. I do. I have. You, if, yeah. If you, if you work on your stride, you know what I mean, versus actually trying to. Work on the long strides. That's how you'd have to get there. I, I think the I could get sub six. I've been working on my stride up a hill. I know you're looking great. I'm, I'm, I'm working walking on my, pays, my man. Glutes. It's yeah. It's it's underrated. People like you know. You see someone walking in your neighborhood. That person is. I'm telling you, it's good work. Uh, um, I just never thought I'd be the old guy walking. Well, that's what happens when you dog sit for three months. No, I'm, I'm on the side of the road. People ask me, where's your dog? He got tired, stayed home. Uh, we'll talk football over the weekend, all kinds of games oh, and where you can, where you can watch. <laughs> that is not, see, we reach an age where we yeah. pay other people to run for us. What's the, that's the question today. When the last time you took off and sprinted? It's all out speed. Not, not five steps to grab a kid. I'm talking no. about <laughs> at least like one side of the yard to the other. Like, 20 yards minimum, you are all out. And the thing is, you have to stop. That's the other part of it that people don't take into account. <laughs> like, what happens when you're, you, you, your mind is telling your body to stop? It's that top heaviness. Dude, you can't. You're you just, can't. You're falling forward like a good running back. Right. I'm always getting yards Zeke. on my way down. Yeah, call me Zeke. I fall forward, baby. <laughs> hey, coming back, let's look back on a legend. We lost Gil Brent. The architect of America's team, Drew Pearson, joined the Blitz. He'll reflect on a great man, and we'll look back on what this man meant to Dallas Cowboy history. Remember, he drafted Troy, baby. We'll be right back on R&R here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Jason Minix here from the Blitz. Starting at 2 o'clock today, we're getting you ready for the first weekend of college football. We'll talk some Aggie football with the great Andrew Monaco as he joins us at 315. We'll get the latest on the Dallas Cowboys with Jama Shota at 515. And, of course, it's high school football time. Johnson and O'Connor. Hey, Rudy, have you read the game notes yet? You know what, Jason Minix? I have. I even highlighted some things. You have game notes already? Yeah, Jason always gives me the game notes like on already. Thursday. Oh, he gets it on Thursday. Yeah, he get, when he yeah he gives them to me, drops it off, and then proceeds to quiz me before we go on air. No, <laughs> it's not that bad. Evan, are you ready? Are you ready? You're the one that gets. Well, actually, it's Pledge doing it's pledge it. Pledge back oh, in pledge. the I, I was just filling in for him last because he was oh. in Port A last week. Anybody else going to Port A this weekend? Long weekend, Labor oh, Day weekend? I, I, I wish. Labor Day is crazy at Port A, though, so this yeah. ain't really my type of weekend. It's like uh, Valentine's Day. It's uh, yeah, in the for thing, the amateurs. They, a lot of Brazilian cut. 
I'm good on that. What? Brazilian cut bikinis. I don't want to deal with that. I what and what? It's more a cheeky, a cheeky. Oh, it's a cheeky we got analogous going on. Yeah, too cheeky for me, man. As an old man, you start to feel weird because everybody. Because the older we get, the younger everyone looks. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like it just gets weird, and I'm like, yo, I don't like get me out of here. I don't want to be here when the kids are here. That's a Will McConaughey yeah. quote. <laughs> you know, have you heard the quote? Uh-uh. You know why I love high school girls? Why is that? Because I get older and they stay the same. <laughs> I guess so, dude. What movie was that? Uh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, got you. Yeah, it gets weird. I'm like, nah, I don't want to be here because I got kids that age. Yeah, football season begins, and we got your Aggies Saturday night at 5. It's Aggies New Mexico, those Lobos coming into College Station. We got everything you need. It'll be presented to you by Ewall Kubota, ABC Home and Commercial Services, Just Pots, the Angry Elephant. Right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. And by the way, we too have Andrew Monaco. He's going to be here just after 9 o'clock, Aggies. We'll get the scoop first. We're going to ask the good questions. We'll leave the other ones to the Blitz. Why are those, why are those Longhorns talking to, talking to nah, our guy Monaco? Because they want to get educated by yeah, one of the best. like, why do y'all want to talk to Monaco? Y'all your burnt orange glasses. They're going to win the Big 12. It's going to be easy. Yeah, but you want to talk to Monaco. Get out of here, Blitz. Taking on that poor liberal arts school, Rice. Picking on those rice owls. Well, won't those rice owls, they'll hire those Longhorns one day, though, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have the... The nuts to take on a big state school. I know. I mean, New Mexico coming in here with, what, 75 returning starters Something because like none of them are going to the pros? Not one. <laughs> so at least yeah. we took on a state school, not some liberal arts. And we'll talk about it in a bit. Um, when we got, we were going off air yesterday when Gil Brandt passed. And, you know, it, he was noticeably absent from this year's training camp with the Dallas Cowboys. And, and you keep in mind, how we talk about the Cowboys and the consist and the value of the boys? What are they? Nine billion dollars up thirteen percent. Yeah, so that mean that tells me they'd sell for fifteen. <clears throat> Probably if, if Jerry, for whatever reason, yeah, they're worth nine. They'd sell. It'd be a crazy bid more. They sell for fifteen. Like, you got to think about that, Rob. One year up thirteen percent in one year. I don't, even hell, even the the Texans are up seventeen percent. Well, the reason they have consistently been in the news, now they haven't won a lot, but they've always had a personality that had the star on it. Right. They always had somebody worthy of the attention that Dallas Cowboys stars get. Right. And those stars were acquired for well over 20 years by Gil Brandt, the guy that changed the game. I mean, he literally took football from a bunch of rich guys with a toy and turned it into a professional business. Scouting became a real thing, computerized the databases that he built, the the way that the Cowboys were consistently able to go out and find talent in the late rounds and were able to take flyers on guys like Bob Hayes and, and, and all the things that the Cowboys became, it was because a guy like Gil Brandt went out and got the guys to literally put on the uniform. Um, 20 straight winning seasons, five Super Bowl appearances, and two titles with Brandt see, from 1960 to 1988. That's hell of a resume. That's the, see, I'm of that generation that my entire childhood – the Cowboys always won. It was like that Spurs generation. My son, who his first 20 years of life, they were always same, playing in May. Same with my oldest daughter. Always. Yep. It, was, it was just expected. And that generation, my generation, still looks at the Cowboys that way. Because right. Gil Brandt 
for 20 years stocked the shelves for Tom Landry. I mean, they were just, they were going to win. It was Batman and Robin. It was this symbiotic relationship. He knew exactly what Tom needed, and he went and got it. And that generation has funded, has been behind this billion-dollar industry that Jerry bought into. But let's not kid ourselves. What he bought was what Textram and Gil Brandt built. Amen to that. And, you know, also, you know, coined the phrase, well, the name. Well, the, he and Tex were the guys oh, behind. Oh, so we got to throw Tex in there Oh, as well. yeah. There, it's, okay. those, that was a tandem. Tex was the visionary, and Gil Brandt was the architect. Gotcha. And Gil Brandt just went and got the dudes. Consider they did what the Spurs did. They went and drafted a guy at the Naval Academy that, had to wait, that they had to wait on. They drafted a high. Roger and David are the same dude. They just did a different sport. Hmm. I like that. I don't know if I've heard anybody say that, but yeah, it does, it makes sense though. And they had the wherewithal and the backing to go get a guy that they were going to have to literally wait on. That's that's crazy, right? And it, 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 it paid off. He drafted Troy. He drafted Drew Pearson. He drafted another one of those faces of the seventies. And Drew, who now Hall of Famer Drew Pearson, joined the Blitz yesterday. Good friend of the show, and he he talked a lot about. Uh, Tex Sram, both what he did for him personally and professionally. Here's a couple of Drew's thoughts. Oh, he was always that way. All you had to do was trigger him, okay? Say some word, say South Carolina State, you know? He'll tell you a story about when he went to South Carolina State, this coach over there. You know, he'll tell you a story about this guy over here. He knew everybody about, not just even me, you know? He knew I played baseball. He knew I played basketball in high school. He even knew my batting average, 444, wow. my senior year, just saying. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he even knew my batting average my senior year, you know, and things like that. That's he crazy. knew more about people, that in, you know, in-depth knowledge of people, and that, that's what made him special. Scouts knew measurables and all that, how high you can jump, things they do at the combine. You know, all, everybody knows that. But Gil went deeper into people's personal life. You knew your mom's name, your dad's name, how many brothers and sisters you have, and stuff like that. And you didn't, you felt maybe you uh, were special because he knew you that well. But no, you weren't special. He just knew everybody like that. That's how he did things. Drew Pearson yesterday on The Blitz reflecting on Gil Brandt. You know, the myth of the scout, the guy that beats the path, that goes to the little high school in the middle of nowhere and finds the un. The unknown, right? Finds the, he did it over and over. He's the guy that we all think about, but he took the uh, the idea of the mythical scout and the uh, the uh, stopwatch and the spiral notebook and the notes, and he computerized it. He put it onto a database, and he, along with Pete Rosell, nice, and Al Davis, nice legends, all legends. They brought football. To where it is now. It was those guys. Uh, Al Davis, the visionary owner who understood the value of the franchise and what he could bring to the owners as far as, you know, uh, leveraging the, the brand against the city and getting in the in the county and the state and getting money from places that didn't ever own it. Al Davis was the one that bounced his franchise around. And Gil Brandt taught the league how to put together a team. Yeah, I mean... I mean- the the list goes on again. Full life, you know. I know Drew told the Blitz yesterday. You know, even though he was ninety one, it's still probably too soon. But you know, to go even farther, you know, like Drew was just saying, 
oh, man, you know, he knew my mom's name, knew what my batting average was and this and that. He even helped him with his first apartment? Well, first of all, once I got to Dallas, he, I was married at the time. He hooked me up with wow. an apartment. And the apartment was located right next door to the Dallas Cowboy practice field. The Valley and Ranch. the apartment that he gave me or that I was assigned to, the balcony overlooked the Dallas Cowboys practice field parking lot. And I found out what kind of car Roger Staubach was driving. And I would sit on that balcony all day if I had to until that car pulled into that parking lot. And then I would shoot over to that practice field and start working out with Roger. And anyway, I impressed Roger enough because one day I was working out and I was a little tired because I had, Gil had hooked me up with a job at Merchant's Van Line. I was yeah, loading semis during the day and then working out and then sitting on that balcony waiting for Roger to show up that evening. And Roger noticed that I was a little tired. I said, well, I worked during the day. He said, you do. So Roger went to Gil Brandt and asked him, can you help this guy out? And uh, Gil said, yeah. So Gil calls me in and gives me $500. And so... Long story short, I end up making the Cowboys football team starting the 10th game of my rookie year and finishing out the season with, uh, as a starter and leading receiver. And when the season ended, uh, Gil Brandt says, hey, you had a great season. We want to give you a bonus. I said, oh, that's great. I said, what is it? He said, we want to give you $3,000. I said, oh, my goodness. Why? He said, yeah, come up to the office on Monday. We'll take care of it. I go up there on Monday. I wait and wait. They finally take me in there. I get that envelope. And the envelope, I opened it up. The check was for $2,500. <laughs> I said, Gil, what about that $3,000 you said? He said, you remember that $500 I gave you before you made the team? <laughs> we backed it out of there. <laughs> and you put it there with your mouth open. And you're a rookie. What do you say? Wow, these are the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> Drew Pearson reflecting on Gil Brandt. The numbers. He's just a scout. I mean, he had to get. He he didn't have the pro money. No, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just weird hearing a guy that has a yellow jacket say, "Oh yeah, by the way, before practice, I would go unload semis." What? That's that makes you it makes you want to curse out Jonathan Taylor, (laughs) right? (laughs) And you on the other side of it, when you hear the "Get off my lawn." Old man, you go, now That's I why, get it. Yeah, Those dudes were having to get a day job. Dude, Drew Pearson's unloading semis and then going to try and get some work with Roger Starbuck. Different time, but I it's still yeah. crazy. Crazy where it's come. We're glad that Gil Brandt got the flowers he deserved while he was alive. He got into the Ring of Honor. Jerry. Got into the Hall of Fame. Jerry. And they, they talked about, they talked with Drew about that. But yeah, Jerry, hopefully this is kind of one of those things where it's like, you know what? Let me make sure, you know, because... Uh, for any of us, Rob, it could be today or tomorrow. You know, any of us. Do what's right, Jerry. Get JJ in there, <laughs> man. In Good there, Lord. Man. Maybe that's the uh, the kick that'll get him moving. While I'm alive. <laughs> that was perfect. They coming Good back. Job, Edwin. I hope everybody who didn't have Spectrum had a chance to watch a little bit of college football. You could have switched over to that Minnesota Nebraska 
slow poke of a game that turned in pretty good. Let's look about look back at what we saw last night and look forward. All of our favorite teams are being broadcast nationally one way or the other. We'll tell you where and how you can watch your favorites. Don't forget, Andrew Monaco is going to be here just after 9 o'clock as the Aggies look forward to New Mexico. Coming up, college football on the docket. We got it all. This is R&R. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. Top of the morning to all. September 1, you woke up with a brand new month in the middle of college football. The season began last night. Uh, Utah and uh, Florida showed off on what will be a Big 12 SEC matchup in the future. Now a Pac-12 SEC matchup. Um, Utah looked good. Well, did they look good or did Florida look bad? That's the question oh, for man. that game because, you know, the big bad SEC, that's not a good way to roll out. Like at the Florida, I mean, the, the, keep in mind, I get it. They lost Anthony Richardson, but 11 points. Yeah, it was not pretty. Billy Napier. Looks like he's over his tick head. Tick-tock, tick-tock, yeah, tick-tock, tick-tock. Florida fan is not happy today. That was embarrassing. Yeah, that's bad. Again, I, again, I don't know if Utah looked good. But, hey, if you do think they look good, they'll be 2024. If you're like me, looking forward to it. They're headed to the Big 12. Yeah, they showed well. And I think uh, with backup quarterbacks, the, the, the happiest team in the country today is USC. Why? Because they, it looks like they're going to have a pretty easy skate. And with Utah's win... When USC and Utah finally do play each other, oh, got you. the value of that victory is now exponential. Now, Florida's going to have to win a few games to kind of prove that Utah had a good win. But I think after watching that game, the strategy, the Game of Thrones behind getting to that Final Four, uh, Lincoln Riley is high-fiving folks because that when they do get a chance to take on Utah on October the 21st. Well, see, the thing about it is, Half of these teams, because there's no preseason, are going to look like what Florida looked like last night. It's just your first real. Mm-hmm. It's your first real action. You got the spring game and a bunch of bullcrap scrimmages. So some teams come out like, "Hey, they don't look half bad," but that's because the other team is like, you know, dusting the cobwebs off, and that's what it kind of looked like with Florida. And the good news is, we've adjusted our mentality, and we allow a first game loss. We'll we'll get over it, especially if it's someone against a ranked opponent, right. like by week. 10, we're like, first of all, it's better to lose early in college football. Right. We all know that. But it's also when you look back at whatever week you lost, if it's early and that team was ranked, you say, hey, well, when we lost that game, they were ranked whatever the whatever the ranking was. Okay, let's look at the uh, games we got coming up and the, the value and the importance. Um, before we get to the Aggies and the, and the Longhorns, Colorado yeah. and TCU on Saturday. I heard it uh, as I was watching the Nebraska-Minnesota game, and it's going to be on Fox, I guess. Um, I heard the game described as the most important opener, the most anticipated college football opener in 10 years. I don't think it's that big. No, but I guess it I, is anticipated. I, it's a must-watch game for me. But Well, yeah, and that's a lot of that has to do with, one, Deion Sanders. Oh, for me. Number two, yeah, to one, two. Number two, TCU's coming off a national championship appearance. Number three, there's 50-some-odd guys on this Colorado team that came over from the portal. So it, it there is a lot of stake, but I mean I could think as I don't like to be a prisoner at the moment. You could there's a lot of week one games over the years. I mean, hell, tomorrow yeah. night we get LSU Florida State. 
I'm not, you know, if Dion's not the coach, we're not talking about this game. So I get where people are coming from, but if we really look back at week one, week ones over the last ten years, I'm sure we can find one at this magnitude. But just it's just the fact that Dion's at the helm, and we're like, well, okay, well, let's see what he can do. This is a one and eleven team. Five wins for Dion is good, but that won't be accepted because of all the hype around it. Five and seven is an accomplishment when you just came off a of one and eleven. You got fifty three new players from the portal. You, well, seven or eighty something new, fifty three in the portal. And that portal is really, I think, the referendum point. Right. I think there's a lot of coaches that are rooting for a uh, TCU, a TCU beatdown. I think TCU. The yesterday the line was twenty points. TCU is favored by twenty. It's now, a big I, yeah, you know, if I were to go to BetUS.com, that might be one I pass up. But I do believe that there are coaches out there that want to see this because. Want to see failure from Dion at least initially because yeah, because of the portal gear. because oh yeah the portal because ha- this is the seventy two new dudes on this team <laughs> that is insane so if you're a coach and you go you want to see what college football could look like the worst case scenario it's Colorado this year right because any coach next year could do the same thing next year your favorite team whatever that is the head coach could walk in and say what was the the Dion line about bags and minor louis yeah he said you know some of y'all going to be up out of here cuz i brought my him. own luggage i've decided that the last 4 years of recruiting didn't work i'm revoking every scholarship and i'm right. bringing in an entire new roster and it's possible i look and i it sucks for those kids that were there but if i'm dion and i know that i have to perform if, and this is big. This is big time football. This is big boy football. Some of these guys are making six figures. Depending on who you are, you might be making seven. If I inherited one and eleven, I might bring some Louis too. You know, he didn't inherit what Lincoln Riley did. And I don't even think. Well, hell, even Lincoln brought Lincoln brought some Louis with him in the in the form of Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams was at OU, <laughs> so at least it, it wasn't his son, right? So. I buy if you know if, keep it. Who was it? Chad Brown had him on these airways. Buffalo, you know, won two, three Super Bowls. He was on these airways. San Antonio sports star. He told us, "I don't pay attention to Colorado." He went and, that, and that's huge when the guys played mm-hmm. there. Hell, let alone if you just went there. But he played there, and he's like, "I ain't dealing with that team. That's awful." So when your alumni don't deal with you, why would Dion come in there and deal with you? Yes, he took fifty guys in the portal. We coming is the quote. We coming. That's early. Now I just wonder what 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 you think Sonny got over there returning. And he lost he lost some firepower. There's a, there is a lot of he pressure. He lost Deuce Vaughn. Lost Max Duggan. Yeah, I, a couple I receivers. If you lined up talent for talent, it's probably pretty close. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why when I saw a twenty, I, was, I guess the twenty is just based on the fact like this is gonna be y'all's first game together with fifty new, yeah. well seventy something new cats. But I, I get the sense that. Uh, there's some coaches that are definitely calling Sonny like, you better get this one. <laughs> we need you to get it. Hey, Texas taking on Rice. Rice coming into into Austin over the weekend. A game you can catch on Fox. FS1? Is it Fox? UTSA Fox. is FS1. I'm not sure where UT's at. Fox. It's Fox. regular Fox. Okay, yeah. regular, regular Fox broadcast. Uh, Quinn Ewer's debut. Kind of, sort of debut. He yeah, played last year. But, I year. mean, what, debut for this year. For How this important year. is it for him to step out and really light things well, on fire? Well, you know, I'm sure he's got a few Heisman billboards around the state mm-hmm. of Texas. It's huge because we're all kind of, well, me, for content purposes. 
Uh, maybe struggles a little bit, and then Sark has some questions. Well, that, and then Sark has some, you know, some things to deal with. Do I go to Malik? Do I go to e, do, Eli? Do I go to Arch? But all in, indications say that Quinn is going to come out and set the world on fire. That he started a little slow in the spring, and then he came on. Because remember, after the spring game, everybody was talking about Malik Murphy. Like, he actually looked the best. Arch looked awful. And then Quinn and Arch kind of got better as, you know, the offseason went along. But we won't get to see anything versus Rice. Now, when y'all, like, again, okay, Rice, you're going to beat them 58-3 to and, you know, move on. What happens when you go to Tuscaloosa? Do you even put Arch in uniform? Yes. Okay. You kind of got to. Everybody got to see him run out. But it's kind of like uh, if you're an alcoholic, you, you you don't keep the vodka in the house. No, where where do you keep it? <laughs> Somewhere hidden because I, I things go I'm... south and the uh, I don't know the the boo birds start hitting yours. Things are getting bad. the The temptation to pull Arch out to appease the crowd. I have him in uniform, Rob. Yeah, you have. I, as a Longhorn fan, I, I want to see him run out. Yeah, I do. You, I mean, come on! Like you base this entire class off of him. Like some of the like maybe Arch isn't playing right now, but some of those kids that came be cut literally said, "I'm here because of Arch." You're going to be getting contributions from them this year, mm-hmm. even if Arch doesn't. Yeah, you run him out there, and then you know you decide after four games you're going to redshirt him or not. I, I forget how far you can go along before you can decide if you want to redshirt him. I think you can keep. Yeah. Him. I think you, you all the way to the season. Yeah, yeah until so. you put him in. He's still like he's, he's yeah, got so a shirt on. I uh, yeah, hell yeah, you run him out there. Are you kidding me? I say like having a car show and you leave the 67 Shelby in the back and you don't bring like what? Yes, absolutely. I'm running them out there. Wonder what, what number is Arch wearing, Edwin? He going, what uncle is he going with? You're going to go 16. Well, or, is, or is Eli 18 too? I know Peyton's 18. I don't, I don't remember Eli's number because Eli really wasn't that and good. And what did, what did, uh, and, um, Arch. Oh, Eli, uh, oh, Arch is wearing yeah, 16. Arch, okay. Uh, yeah. That's what Peyton wore. Oh, no, Peyton, Peyton wore 18. was 18. And, uh, Maybe that's what, what did Eli wear. That's what Grand Eli wore ten. Yes. What did Arch? The, Ar- the original I don't know. eight. I don't know. That was brown paper bags. That was before that. Yeah. <laughs> that was oh. Black and white TV back then. <laughs> yeah, you run him out there. Number eight. You're right. Damn, Rob, you're on fire today. It was eight. I'm that old. Granddaddy. And I'm bringing in. Um, New Mexico. New Mexico. So, yeah, this is Powder Puff Week. I think Georgia's playing Middle Tennessee. Yeah, this is Powder Puff Week. And for A&M, powder. it needed to be a little bit of a Powder Puff with a brand-new offensive coordinator with Petrino coming in, a uh, sophomore quarterback uh, starting, um, a wide receiver crew as good as they've had in a long time. You wonder what to expect from this offense. We're going to have Andrew Monaco join us just after 9 o'clock. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on behind the scenes. He, the voice of the Fighting Texas Aggies. You can catch him live uh, this Saturday as we're going to play host to the Aggies all season long. They get going about 5 o'clock, not about, at 5 o'clock for a, five, right. a 6 o'clock kickoff as the Aggies play host to New Mexico. Sunday night's going to be a game. Florida State, LSU. That's on Sunday. Sunday night. I'm down. I'm here for it. We talk about powder puffs. This is not. No, 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 no. And then you still got to play an SEC schedule after that, uh, Brian Kelly. Good luck. Brian Kelly um, has a terrible record on week playing one. T- well, playing top 10 teams. Now, a lot of that's because he's with Notre Dame 
And the only time he played top 10 teams was in a playoff. And that's they haven't a, been able to cheap, get it. That's a cheap shot. Well, it's true. I mean, <laughs> that's a cheap shot. Just because it's a fact, don't mean it's not a cheap shot. I mean, facts are facts. Well, you know, fact is they're probably in class. You know, they probably had homework to do. They do homework on the plane ride. You know, you get inspiration from a lot of different places. Andy Reid tells a story about uh, a janitor gave him a play, and he used it and scored a touchdown, and he talked about it. We're going to do the NFL gumbo a little bit after 7 o'clock as we are counting down to uh, we are just over one week. We're at uh, seven days and counting as the NFL will begin, or six days and counting a week from uh, last night. Coming back, we got some more to talk about around the college football world, and we'll see you poor Spectrum viewers. What are you going to do? Where are you going to find your football? This is R&R. You're on 94.1, the San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Joe Reinigle here. We have got a jam-packed show coming up on the Blitz. First of all, we're live out of Comalander Stadium, getting you ready for another night of high school football. Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Texas A&M Aggies, will join us at 3.15. And the general, John McClain, he'll join us at 4.30 and give us an update on the Astros and the Texans. Hey, Rob, are you really going to stay up late for our fantasy football draft? Auto draft, baby. It's R&R in the morning here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. That's just one of the bit of etiquette that goes into fantasy football drafts. What's that? If you're going to auto-draft, let everybody know so they can, so your commissioner can fix the settings. Are, can you adjust the settings to where uh, it, right it, after the pick it goes to the next person? It should. Yeah, now, that's I, the there are some thing, services right? that make you wait for the entirety before they will make the auto-pick, and I get it, but... If that's the issue, tell your commissioner change your league because, you know, if you're moving along at 1030 at night and there's two dudes that are auto-drafting and that's a three-minute wait, a four-minute wait, depending on what your league that's settings awful, are, dude. that adds another 30, 45 minutes to the draft. Because the auto-draft, don't it like pick it right away? It should. Then, right. But uh, I know that the time that I auto-drafted, um, that made them wait all the way through the pick. So because I wasn't there and you go – Extra four minutes. No, not not everybody makes their pick immediately. But still, move the draft along. Move it along. That's just part of the etiquette. It's the craziest thing y'all have done for the for, for to determine who picks y'all draft. It's just like a random drawing. Yeah, I've never done anything outrageous like run for forty, <laughs> run the forty yard dash, and then the new punishment. What? You know the punishment, oh, the punishment for losing I've is seen that's, tattoos. Work a day here, where you're like, no, you can barely get me to care after week no week eight. Depends on your record. So maybe me having to sit in a Waffle House for 18 straight hours, eating a waffle yeah. every hour, might be enough to motivate me. Where's the trophy? Uh, it's sitting in my trunk. I'm keeping it. I'm never giving it <laughs> back, Bob Ballou. Hey, coming back, let's look around the NFL. The gumbo she is steaming. We are under a week away from the NFL, and there's lots to talk about. Andy Reid stole a play from a janitor. That's the story. You're on R&R. This is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. 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 I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning. I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good 
morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R&R, a Friday edition. We join you in the midst of the college football season. Yes, it has begun. Games last night, games all weekend long. Games that we can watch on our cable provider, unless you have ESPN and are in Spectrum customer. You lost it last night. Sorry. Right before kickoff. Hey, man, it's college football, y'all. Let's get ready. Then Cut the cord. What, Cut did the cord. It, what did it go to? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, I saw it when I walked into the studio this or morning. it just Brady. went off. And, no, it said there was a, a banner that was on the screen for ESPN, and it was like, it's Disney's fault. We tried to, it was a whole paragraph. Oh, gotcha. Disney's fault. Let's blame Disney. Yeah. I well, mean, that's a good blame. I mean, it's... I'm looking... At, it's called the 2023 NFL Kickoff Guide. I think you have one in front of you as well. Yes, I do. This was sent to us by the NFL. Because we were on the NFL's email list. You know, we're, we're important. We're buddies like that. Yeah, we're and important. And it's a lot of the pertinent things to look for as the season begins. Potential records that are going to be broken or tied or surpassed by different players. Last year, to give you an idea, it was one of those years. A lot of close games. A lot of but a lot of good football games last year. Well, I don't know if they were good, but they ended up being close. On the last day of the regular season, there were twenty teams still in contention for the playoffs. That was the most since two thousand six, and that's expected to be the same way again this year. Really, four teams clinched a division title after not winning their division the, the previous year: Jacksonville, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. At least two teams have won their divisions the season after. Uh, missing the playoffs in 19 of the last 20 years. So the expectation is, is if we follow what has been in the past, and that is no guarantee of future accomplishments, there are two teams that didn't make the playoffs that will make the playoffs this year at the minimum. Mahomes is trying to find his way into some great uh, some great company. He has uh, 24,000 passing yards, not 192 TDs. He can catch Peyton and Dan Marino for the most in each category by a quarterback in his first seven seasons. Some pretty good company. Now he's already ahead of Dan. If you just if, you know, if he quit today, I mean, screw stats. He already has two <laughs> rings. Peyton does have two, but yeah, Daryl G. You two tight ends and fullbacks are resetting the NFL, but running backs on minimum wage. <laughs> it's a straight collusion by the NFL. You see, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, Hawkinson of the- seventeen a year. I know you know who's happy in Birdman hand rubbing is Travis Kelsey. Yes, Travis Kelsey's like, all right, Andy, like say bye to me. Running backs. You're now. Yeah, I'll be all right. That money that we thought had left the running back pocket and gone into the wide receiver pocket, well, they're wrangling in the wide receiver market. That's coming back. But now it's all going to tight ends. Yeah, and if you look down, Travis is all the way down to number four. Now, it's not far, but it's we, far. We have reached a point where a franchised tight end is more expensive than a franchised running back. Which is un- unfortunate. That's wrong. That is not an app- – or is it? Evan Ingram should not be making more than Saquon Barkley. I'm sorry. Now, keep now now keep in mind, we I thought Evan Ingram was washed. I thought he was done. I thought he was just not a bust, but not what the Giants thought they were going to get. He goes to Jacksonville, and Doug Peterson immediately puts him to work. He had a great year last year. Well, is he a wide receiver or a tight end? Well – I think he's a big Let's wide see. receiver. We can call we'll him a see tight end. He, 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 I would have him call Jimmy Graham and, <laughs> and say, Jimmy, tell them what Sean Payton told you. Even though Sean Payton was lining you up at wide out, ask, ask Jimmy Graham what Sean Payton told him when it came to contract negotiation time. And that's why Mike McCarthy threw in there yesterday, well, Michael Parsons is a linebacker. 
No, the hell he ain't. <laughs> so it depends on where you are. You you are what pays less. Well said. <laughs> so Evan Ingram was a receiver last year. Ron. I'm a Be tight clear. end. I'm a tight end. I know I line up behind the quarterback if, and carry the ball a lot, but I'm really a tight end. Because if if if, Ev, if Evan really was getting what he's supposed to, Rob, he'd be about 23 and not 13 look a at, year. Look at the average pay. You can go all the way down to where are we getting? Taysom to? Hill. Taysom Hill. Which, 10 million. Which that, he ain't no tight end. So there are 13 well, now he is. tight ends. Starting with Zach Ertz. At how much has he got there? 11, 10 and a half? 10, 5, and we don't even that's, know when he's going to play. He's my, I think he's on the pup. That's the franchise number right now for the wide for running, running backs. Back, 10, right. 5. So the 13th highest paid tight end gets the franchise amount that like Tony that's Pollard. That's crazy. That's crazy. Bears, Cole Komet. He don't even know if Justin Fields can get him the ball, and he's at 12, 5. Hunter Henry is hurt right now probably, and he's at 12, 5. Jonathan, hold out, baby. Don't come back. Jonathan, yeah. you're the last best hope for the running backs. Dude, that yeah, it's crazy where we are. But the tight end is it's become more important. When you look at it, like I, I got her is a huge deal for Jalen Hurts. Of course, we don't even have to talk, Kelsey. George Kittle can do it all. Mark Andrews was has been the Baltimore's leading receiver for the past, I don't know how many years. So the tight end has become more important, Rob. Mike now, Ditka. I can't tell Jonathan Taylor that, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's, it's become a lot more important. Tony Gonzalez just dreams of the money he could have made. It's not that the owners don't have it. The annual Forbes uh, team valuations are in, and nobody lost money. No. Cowboys came in at number one, valued at $9 billion, up 13%. The Texans, congratulations, uh, Cal. Now, remember, they had a, one of their original owners get in a little bit of trouble. And remember when the mm-hmm. first thing you said was, if they decide to boot him, the line, the people, the line will be around the building like it's a new chicken joint. There's a a, a, sm- a, a minority owner of the Texans that evidently has some uh, sexual assault allegations after the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, and they still haven't made him sell. But Which, if they do, considering your team just jumped a whopping, what is it? 13% from last year, 17%. It's a hell of an investment. That's why Rob asked, every time someone sells, Rob asked the question, what in the hell are you selling for? Like, what could you possibly do or invest in that's going to jump 17% per year? I mean, what, <laughs> where are you finding a better deal unless you are divorced or you have yeah, hit there's that. desperate times? Or unless you plan on buying something else. You pry major league ownership and you pick the, the league. I'm even going down to hockey or soccer. Would you do MLS too? Yes. You'd have to pry that franchise from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> there, I'm not, there is no more l- ongoing, consistent moneymaker than a pro franchise. And as we reach these billion-dollar valuations, can we get away from salary cap? Can we get away That's all I want. I, from... Dude. Like, the salary cap is one thing. And as you go down the valuations, I don't see a WNBA team up there. But when I see the how valuable even those franchises have become, and these, these ladies are still flying commercial, can we all just admit that every owner now is able to support or should be able to sp- right. support 
every teammate as much as the wealthiest owner. They're all the same. You see, at the time when they went away from it, when you know, when San Fran and Dallas, it felt like they were just trading players because there was no salary cap. That that time it made a little bit more sense because, because we were. aren't where, we weren't where we are. Now some of these guys were just getting in and trying to make their money back. But right now, when I see the Houston Texans who have never done anything jumping seventeen percent per year and are worth five point five billion, there is absolutely no reason whatsoever that Jerry Jones, who made one point one after bills, profit. After he paid everybody and every vendor and everything that you could possibly think of, think of everything that Jerry Jones has to pay for. After he did that, he touched $1.1 billion. And you going to tell that man he can't pay more than this amount? Uh, you can't for his have players? Will Greer. Yeah, like I can't keep Will Greer. I can't give Tony Pollard $20 million a year and Trayvon Diggs and CeeDee Lamb. He made a billy. Let's say he paid, let's say we take that, he made $1.1. He could take that hundred and spread it out through the rest of his team and never lose anyone. And it, it's easy for us to say that to Jerry, but yeah. what, I always felt bad about asking the Rooney family. No, it's like though. old man Rooney showing up with his lunchbox, and oh by the way, we're going to need you to pay Ben twenty million a year. And Ben, you know, old right. man Rooney's eating a cheese sandwich out of a lunchbox. And you're like, well, I can see why to him as an owner, you're like. I can't imagine ever paying anybody that kind of money. But the Roonies are now corporate. Everybody's everybody's got money now. Yeah. The, the 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 Bengals, the Brown family has enough money to to exist without everybody. a salary cap everybody and shouldn't rocks. be forced to have to make a decision in a year from now, now whether about, they want to keep the dudes that got them where they are. The cheapest owners in the league for the longest we've known has been the Bengals. Now keep this in mind. They just made a Super Bowl run and an AFC Championship run on a team full of rookie deals. So think about what they took home. You see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Rob? On a team full of rookie deals, you paying a guy or two here, their linebacker, Joe Mixon, yes. But for the most part, the guys that are getting you to a Super Bowl and having you selling merch out of your ears are all on rookie deals. And yes, there-, there should be no... In the NFL of all, because they're the king of the kings and their money is just... they 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 make money while they sleep. There should never be a salary cap in the NFL, ever. NBA, I kind of get it because we don't watch it like that and the, the attendance is weird sometimes. Okay, fine. In NFL, there should not be a salary cap. It's stupid. And I think we should allow the owners to just go spend what you want. Do yeah. what you want and treat your team however you want. If it's a boat, you can treat it like it's a boat. Mine. Or, and we'll fandom will understand, and maybe you have to sell it because they don't care about how you're spending your money. But this is a double-edged sword. Because when I see that even the Houston Texans are worth $5.5 billion, <laughs> that when you come to me as a tax-paying citizen of city where you live and work mm-hmm. and ask for tax abatements. Right. Dude. Now, you can, I, I will allow you to spend your money the way you want, I think. But, but at the same we, time, you don't get none of mine. But is it San Francisco and Dallas's fault for like, okay, Charles Haley, you go to Dallas now. Dion, you go to San Fran now. Is it their fault because it was, we got kind of um, fatigued from no, them? No, it is it's the, buying up it, all the players. It is the natural order of America. It is business. The big ones survive. The sharks win. Right, and everywhere else, that's uh, what, uh, that's how it works. Right. If you are good at what you do, you get bigger. But they, 
put in, they implemented rules to protect themselves from each other because some guys were willing to spend and try to win, and one of them, others looked at their franchise like it was a CD. But the thing is, the the the, the salary cap protects the owners, and it you know, allows them to make more money. It's like I, I can only I'm sorry. pay, yeah, I can only pay so many people because of salary cap. So I'm gonna just. Pocket the rest. And when the players see this kind of valuation and they're only Drive getting, say, crazy. 48% of the gross, and you're like, you know, I know you're telling me it's billions, and it is, but you, as owner, are keeping 40 or 48%, yeah, you're 46%. Zach, you Zach Martin. Like, I had to sit at home for two months, and you cleared a Billy? Cleared. Cleared. And they're going to tell Micah he's a linebacker here in a year or two. Clearing a billion dollars. <laughs> You're a linebacker, Micah. It you says, are. It says it right here. It says right here. We watched the, not that film, the other film. Yeah. I'm on my account right now. Had a nice little win last night. Utah you took care of business. Yes, I got a bet protect going on. I got a bunch of easy bets to make, and I got a bonus I can play with. Go to BetUS.com right now and play with some free money. I mean, damn, Rob was jonesing. Rob didn't waste no time. First night of college football. But you probably had a little bit of money in there from last year, didn't you? I do. You? I, I walked in the door with a, a ba- this is from last year, a okay. balance of $625. What? I still have a free play balance of 100 bucks. I had a nice. Well, You've been holding out on me. Well, Why don't you tell I, me to I, place these bets so I can get some money? Honest to God, Rudy, I, I hit it yesterday, and I hit a couple of bets at the Super Bowl that I had forgotten forgot about. about. I had what you hit a couple bet. prop bets. I hit a couple. Well, I hit a prop uh, Gatorade color. No, I hit the first quarter over under, and I hit one other that ended up with. I think I started with like three hundred, ended up with six hundred dollar bounce. Didn't even realize. Still I think, just sitting there waiting on me. Can we talk about this? Is it, is the statute of limitations hit on us having insider info on on Rihanna's play set it, list? It has. It has passed. We can't. Admit, we can talk about. We can that. admit the truth. We yeah. So we had a couple people that were watching Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Her. The rehearsal performance yeah. that no one's supposed to know. Yeah, her and rehearsal. We were, it was right. They were and right. Yes, and they were like, "Hey, this is you can bet on what song Rihanna's going to come out to." And I know which one it is because I just watched her warm up. And Rob and I, you remember the scene in American Gangster where they're sitting in the car and they're debating whether to to, to keep the million dollars and yes. turn it in. Should we? Uh, Rob and I are sitting like, at the. We're sitting on Radio Row, like, man, should we do this? Because if we take it. <laughs> Everybody go. That's cool, but if we turn it in, we're we're no one wants to be around a clean cop. So I, we debated for a while, and man, you know what? Let's 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 do it. And then we decided not no, that's to. Wrong. That's yeah, wrong. Yeah, we decided but, not to. Because and it was right. And they were right. So <laughs> then now right. now you look back, you like, damn, that would have been a come up. We would have been. Next thing you know, we would have been on that undisputed. Well, you know, video. you know what would happen, Rob? Two radio disgraced yeah. radio hosts, or we would have got home and. Our roofs would have caved in. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Something Karma. bad would have happened, and you would have you wouldn't have got to use the money anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way stuff like that happens without some type of karma. A taste of Judson karma. <laughs> wow, I got a lot of clapback. There's a lot of Judson. Grads oh my in god! My Dude, god! What did you hear? Y'all from settle some, down. Did you hear from some rockets? Oh my yesterday? gosh! Are you serious? I had no idea how many. I knew y'all were big. And that's another suck it, Judson. Because right. you had 8,000 graduates and only two grade levels. Yeah, suck it. But I of those eight grad, I had no idea how many friends I knew that went to Judson. Like, hey, man, take it easy. So, yeah, and like, then they had all their excuses as to why this yeah, oh, is that. This, suck on yeah, that whatever, week. Judson. They were throwing West Campus in my face. Oh, I, I got a text from that, too. Like, well, tell Rob yeah, that yeah. West Campus could never be us. You're right. 
Suck it, Judson. I I really had no idea. R.J. Ochoa is just around the corner. I'm ready for R.J. I got to talk to R.J. R.J. going to come on. We'll reflect on Gil Brandt. These starters are in place. All the questions that we have to answer with right. the brand-new quarterback in the building, R.J. Ochoa of Blogging the Boys, will join us next and enlighten us with his witty banter. We're so glad you're with us. It is a Friday. Treat it appropriately. This is R&R, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the R.J. Ochoa Show on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30 with the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's R&R wrapped around an R.J. This is the R&R Intro portion to the R.J. Ochoa Show. He's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. We're in maroon. I can't tell what color R.J.'s in. Why are you in the dark, R.J.? Welcome on. Uh, it's great. It's great to be with you guys. Happy Friday. Um, I'm a little under the weather, if that isn't oh. obvious. And so, like, um, I'm kind of like a vampire right now. You know what I mean? That's how you want the house. You're not feeling well. Like, everything's just got to kind of match your internal tone. Um, but the good news is, um, I sound sexy. Like CG you do, you got a little, uh, with, with my voice like this. Yeah. Now so, the good um, thing you know, is pros and cons. The good thing is I'm, I'm almost positive because I know everyone here is dealing with it too. I think it's more severe allergies. Don't mean you feel better, but it isn't, you know, the flu or anything, but I think it may be severe, severe allergies. I don't know what the hell's floating, but it's bad. It's tough times, but, um, you know, we got a power. Through. Has it spread I, around you know, the Ochoa household? Are you the only one ill? Have you, uh, um, you know, it has, yeah. and, uh, they don't tell you that when you're a kid and you're like, I'm sick and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> they don't tell you like, Hey, when you're an adult and you're the head of the household and everyone is sick, you have to still, you still got to do everything abilities and yeah. everyone who depends on you needs their stuff. And if you get a new puppy before she's still going to piss on the floor. <laughs> so like all that stuff is, uh, it's still going on. It's still making my life. Adulting sucks, my friend. It's also quite beneficial when you see the little one. How's the puppy doing, by the way, before we talk some uh, Trey Lance? She's actually really great. Um, we originally were going to call her Lady Bear. We've decided to call her Honey. Um, so we've got Bear and Honey. Uh, big, uh, you know, thinking about renaming our house to the Thousand Acre Woods. And um, she's, uh, she's sleeping through the night, which is really the biggest thing that I care about because her pups are so small. They're like, you can poop 10 times in the house, and it's really not going to affect us that much. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, so, no, no. Those right. are just little pep pebbles. You good. But those you grow. Good. Exactly. Fix that early. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So this has been an interesting week for our Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, and I really don't even know where to begin because I'm not even sure what, what how big a story this is. But the, the Trey Lance move uh, kind of tilted the scale on a lot of different fronts. The Mike McCarthy situation where Dak Prescott is as quarterback. And then just the idea of the, of maybe a, the quarterback of the future already in the building with, with underneath this grand umbrella of the story. What do you make of Trey Lance arriving? The draft pick that went out, the, the McCarthy uh, unaware and the Dak being unaware and all that kind of goes into this mix. So uh, first let me offer um I'm going to trust Rudy. My apologies to Rudy. I did not remember. Uh, maybe the, the sickness was already infiltrating my mind um, last Friday oh. when this happened. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really did not remember Rudy. And also when Rudy uh, texted me about this, my phone was being attacked oh, you by were getting everybody killed. in the world. Yeah, I could, uh, I could imagine. So it was, 
it was very difficult to compartmentalize everything. Uh, I will agree, Rob, this has been a really unique thing. And my initial reaction was one of sensitivity for Dak Prescott. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I was immediately pre-annoyed. I was pre-annoyed <laughs> at what all of this week's national headlines would be. Um, and I had to say that I forecasted that completely correctly. But um, the, the, the weird thing about this that, you know, a lot of people don't want to accept is that this is, you know, so often in the NFL, you can look at a situation and you can look at how timelines are matching up, how teams are doing something, right. how all those timelines are, are, are all moving in one direction, whether towards a rebuild or this or that or whatever. Um, these timelines match whatsoever. Um, and that's, that's why, you know, the idea that Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future is absurd, even if you're the biggest Dak Prescott critic in the world. Dak's cap number next year is just south of $60 million. That has to be extended. I mean, there's no way the Cowboys carry that into 2024. Um, at the same time, in the offseason, they're going to have to figure out whether they want to pick up Trey Lance's fifth-year option or not. And there's no way that they're going to tie themselves up in that much quarterback money, even if Trey Lance shows all the wonder in the world about practices this entire season. And so, um, in all likelihood, they're heading into next year with Trey Lance in a contract year and Dak Prescott with a sweet extension that ties into the Cowboys for what will then be, you know, the next three to four years. Go well, then ahead. why do it, RJ? Like, because, I, I mean, mean – I disagree with That's you. I think I, I think there's a, a I don't know how big a percentage, but I do think there's a small percentage of Jerry that feels like this could be the future. But where you break it down makes total sense. So that's why I ask you. Then why do it? I mean, that's a great question, and I, I guess if you have to answer it, um, the answer is that this is a, a league where quarterbacks are the hottest ticket in town. You can you can never have enough, even when you have you know one and. If you, you know, if you trade for Trey Lance and he turns out to be great and you can flip him for something, awesome. If he turns out to be great and you really think he's better than Dak Prescott, okay, that's a, a difficult problem to solve, but you can do it. I mean, for what it's worth, again, if we're you know, exploring all tentacles of this situation, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles took on the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history from trading Carson Wentz because they felt like they had to move on. They felt like they had an answer worth exploring in Jalen Hurts in that 2021 season. And obviously that worked out great for the Eagles, but they did have to eat that money. So it's not uncommon for that to happen. It happened relatively recently, obviously. But if you're playing the game of all likelihood, it's that nothing really materializes from this. But again, I think the why is, why not? Why, why not take a stab at this? We know Mike McCarthy historically loves to have a quarterback to develop. They got one for a really cheap price who is far better than anybody they would have drafted this year. It's just a weird thing that creates some weird right. discussion. This timing was so odd, and I understand that you couldn't fix the timing. The timing was what it was. But the situation just kind of exploded in everybody's face, it felt like. Yeah, and I will say I don't think there's any – I'm, I'm not, as a fan or anything, bothered by Mike McCarthy not being told, by Dak Prescott not being told. Because at the end of the day, this decision shouldn't involve them, right? I mean, it's fine if you want to, but well, this, is a, a ro- this, this is a roster management decision. This isn't, you know, to do with the offensive scheme. This isn't to do with the offensive implementation. Those are the facts of football that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott have their hands over. I mean, it's no different in my mind than the Cowboys not consulting them on who they should take in the first round. There are different responsibilities here. But that being said, uh, vocalizing that you didn't tell them is an interesting choice, to say the least. That's the, the little bit of pot stirring that it felt like happened here. That's what made all this really annoying. 
Um, but again, I don't think you have to tell them because you should be that simpatico. I mean, it's understood that like Mike that McCarthy way. likes to have a quarterback to develop. And the Cowboys, for what it's worth, have only drafted two quarterbacks in the Dak Prescott era. They took Mike White in the fifth round in 2018 and Ben DiNucci in the seventh round in 2020. And so I know everybody made a big deal about Dak's comments last Saturday night. I think by now it's well understood that he was probably more upset on behalf of Will Greer than anything. But, I mean, if uh, on the remote possibility Dak is in his feelings, which I don't think to be the case personally, if he is, dude, chill out. Because (laughs) this – this idea is what – and this disposition is what led to you having your job. If the Cowboys hadn't been forward-thinking in 2016 and taken a stab right, with a fourth-round pick in right. the exact same way, I mean, they would have been up a creek with a quarterback that season, and your career would have never unfolded the way that it did. Again, I don't think Dak's upset, but this is the game. I mean, and everybody has to play their way, and the front office just did their part. Now, do you think when Dak called him to console him after Trey broke his ankle that he had any idea he'd end up on the Cowboys <laughs> roster? Probably not, um, but I mean that's the the way. That's how Dak is, is, right? That's who he really is, right? So, do you think? Okay, yeah. so do you think he's going to take on the the? I'm going to take. I got to do handle my business, but I'll still take you under my wing and teach you all I can. Or will he take the approach of, dude, I'm not going to help you become my replacement? I think I've said before that if you're a Cowboys fan, um, and Rudy, I know that's a battle you wrestle with internally. Uh, yes, um, big, big time. Um, But if you're a Cowboys fan, Dak Prescott is a dream of a player to root for. Like, he is that Disney dude who does the right thing and says the right thing and, you know, looks epic when he's running out of the tunnel. Like, he checks all those boxes. And I I do believe him to be that guy who will will help Trey Lance in his development in the name of bettering the team. Um, There was a lot of chatter floating around this past week about how Tony Romo did that with Dak Prescott. I'm not here to besmirch the name of Tony Romo that I love very much, <laughs> yeah, but that us. was not the case. No, it wasn't. Romo did not do that. No. Uh, Mark, Mark Sanchez was the only dude helping Dak Prescott out when he was a rookie in 2016. And, you know, I think on a human level, how can you blame Romo? I mean, it was a difficult I thing wouldn't. to accept. And so I don't blame anyone for not doing that. Yeah. Again, well, the, you're, on, on, you're, a, you're, on an interesting sidebar, have you noticed on Hard Knocks how far they have gone to point out how – giving Aaron Rodgers has been the young Zach. You know, they I mean, he's taking him under his wing. He's calling touchdown plays for him. He's coaching him up. He's doing all this stuff. I think there's been a concerted effort to kind of rehab Aaron Rodgers' um, reputation that he garnered with Jordan Love, although I'm not sure that was true back then with Love either. I don't know if he shut him down or didn't mentor him at all. But he's certainly been a mentor to Zach. I buy that to be legitimate with Rogers. Oh, I do. I think it's, well, but I think um, I mentioned Phoebe from Friends and her sexy voice. Uh, she's also the subject of a great plot line that went in one episode of Friends where Joey tells her there's no selfless good deed, right? Like you can't, you can't do any good deed without some sense of selfishness because at the very least you feel good about doing it. So there's selfishness associated with any good deed you want to do. Um, and so very, I think there's some self. It's a very existentialist view. Right. And Aaron Rodgers is an existentialist kind of person. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, so. un- for, unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers Corp, um, what he's doing has been done before, right? Like the older Hall of Famer who finds a new team who goes on to have success and even win the Super Bowl with him. Peyton Manning did it. Tom Brady did it. So you can do anything new, Aaron. How can you make this new? Well, you can have the success. You can win the Super Bowl and yeah. you can train the young Padawan. 
and you can leave the organization. Because what, what has happened to the Broncos and the Patriots and now the Bucks since, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady walked away? They've been in purgatory. But Aaron Rodgers can be known as the guy who came in. And, and like, think, think about how lame it was up. to call it. Well, think about how lame it was to call it Jet Life Stadium. Like, that's the most, like, <laughs> low-hanging fruit comment of all time. Like, Aaron Rodgers is, like, you know, you know screaming – J-E-S, J-E-S, it's like, dude, quit being such a hardo. We get it. You want people to think you're into this right now. Um, so I'm not saying it's disingenuine, but I am saying that there's a bit of selfishness. One last question before we move on to the team itself. There was an opportunity cost to going and getting it, a fourth-round pick. That fourth-round pick could have been used if you had a fourth-round pick to move. I mean, legit. And we didn't know we did until he made the deal. Wouldn't a fourth-round pick been more appropriately used on something that could be usable right now, like maybe an offensive lineman? Maybe. Um, but, um, I mean, the opportunity cost in this case isn't, you know, tremendous, um, I would offer. And now, for what it's worth, the Cowboys don't have a sixth-round pick next year. They've already traded that as well uh, when they moved up to get Aaron Scott Jr., so they're down those two. But – they're slated to get their usual run of compensatory picks. And that's, that's where and how they feel safe. Okay. They know we can burn these, get a couple down the road. We can always move around. We can always dance around. And we can pick that up. We can recoup, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's a day three pick. I know it sounds cool because it's a fourth-round pick, but it's a day three pick. Like, if you're not picking on Thursday or Friday night, nobody really cares at the end of the day. I saw that the Ravens, it was for other reasons, but I saw the Ravens are holding four QBs. <laughs> and Rob and I had an interesting back and forth, and Rob kind of wanted to hold four QBs. Where, where, I mean, nitpick the 53. Because the thing about you, RJ, you are a fan, but you give it to them straight. What would you nitpick about the final 53? I think it's worth mentioning, and this still has to do with the Trey Lane's trade, the new rule, it's a new old rule, but involving the third quarterback right. team. So if you have a third quarterback on your 53, he can technically be this ghost player that is a part of your 46-man active game day roster and, without counting against that. Right. And and he can dress. And if you're in an emergency where your top two go down, you can have that two go in. Ironically, that came as a result of Trey Lance's former team. Um, so, I mean, I would challenge you to find a QB3 that you feel better about than Trey Lance. Um, it would be very difficult. But to Rob's point, I Will mean, toward them. Well, like, well, I mean, let's see. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you, RJ. Uh, but, you know, he had a great Saturday night. And I'm really happy. We'll always remember it. But, I mean, you know, let's, you know, let's be cool. It was it was the <laughs> final you. night before everyone went to pledge. You know what I mean? <laughs> thank it was you. Whatever. Uh, anyway. Wow. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not opposed to hoarding them like Baltimore's doing. That's a little bit more unique. Um, but as far as critiquing the 53 – I wish they'd gone a little bit deeper at offensive line. Yeah, is that born out of fear? Definitely. Yes. Are they are they weirdly going about linebacker only keeping three? Yes, but that's a little bit more common, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the day and age of your kind of classic off-ball linebacker is over. In fact, the Cowboys defense is really positionless. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. real D-tackles, D-ends. There are two groups that defenders fall in for the Cowboys. There's pass rushers and there's players who drop back. That's it. Like, and Dan Quinn has so many athletes that he can utilize them in a number of different ways, as evidenced by the way he uses safeties in the box and things like that. Um, I mean, I, I don't mean to be the, like, Kool-Aid drinking, this really feels like the year Cowboys guy, but I have very few qualms with how they handled it. Would it have been cool if they had carried Isaiah Lane and not seen him get poached by the Indianapolis Colts? 
Yeah, but I was shocked that land. I was guy. shocked they let land walk. I, I, I really was. That was like one of the first couple of things I talked about with a couple of buddies of mine. The reality is, I mean, where where's he getting snaps this year? You know, and that's that sucks. Like, you know, if you're good at this, it should be hard. If you're good at this, you should agonize over that fifty third decision. And so it's quite possible land was number fifty four. And sometimes, you know, you're just number 54, mm-hmm. and I'm glad he has another opportunity, but it would have been great, obviously, had the Cowboys been able to get him back on the practice squad. I know you talked just a little about the offensive line, and if there is one qualm that I have, it's that. That it just, we know that they're going to get hurt, that two of these guys are going to miss games. It's just the numbers tell us that so it's been negative. that. Well, we have to at some point address the fact that your offensive line is going to it's going to be a point of pain, and it, they did not, at least to this point, address a depth issue other than through their draft. And I know they rely and are comfortable with their drafting alignment, but I'm not comfortable here. I do think that this is going to get them. So I agree with you, and not that this is a defense, but that's sort of a problem across the entire True. NFL. You know what I mean? Like right now, the three of us, we're going to buy a house and we're like, man, this is expensive. You know, like, yeah. like this house this is really expensive. It's like, yeah, dude, like welcome to the world. Um, now, if you are trying to give them credit, they did have Chuma Adoga in free agency. They did draft Austin Richards with a fourth round pick. They did sign TJ Bass as an undrafted free agent. All of them made the team. Um, I mean, so they did add by multiple avenues this offseason. Again, if you're really trying, um, I don't, Last year, I thought that they went about things really foolishly. I mean, they, they went about operating as if Tyron was never going to miss time. I do think that as a result of it, at least, they have to have a contingency plan in place, but it doesn't feel as foolish as it did a year ago. Again, I don't feel great about it, but I would also challenge you to find the team in the NFL that feels wonderful about their eighth or ninth offensive line. Because of the chemistry Dak and Schultz had, and then now where we see the tight end money is gone, oh, RJ. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> Do you think? I mean, maybe Schultz could have stuck around for ten to twelve. I mean, we're we at seventeen now. I mean, Dak loved him some Schultz, and I'm not saying that Ferg can't be the guy, RJ. I'm just saying, like now where we see the numbers, Schultz wasn't too bad at ten bargain. to twelve. Well, you said ten to twelve. He got nine from the. Oh, that's right. So why are you going to pay him more than Houston? <laughs> You're um, right about that. I mean, that's that's the reality. Is that it is just. You know, people turn this into memes and things like running backs don't matter, whatever. Unless you are Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and that's really it. Like, I, I think we're all fascinated by Kyle Pitts. Um, Darren Waller has had a moment in the sun. He got paid, Johnny too. Smith had a moment in the sun. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, unless you're one of those dudes, it's just not worth paying that position. And Dak has shown that he can make, I don't want to say anyone who plays it productive, but just about anything close to that. And so – you don't have to waste that money. And again, let's not act like Dak and Dalton played a lot together. I mean, Dalton really took off in 2020 when Dak got hurt. I mean, they really kind of had just that 2021 season all the way through together, and that was what led to Dalton getting the tags that he played on last year. Gotcha. That's RJ Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. Make sure you're following him and checking Blogging the Boys on the daily if you call yourself a Cowboys fan. You're probably already there. And uh, Cowboys fans today are, are... Going through uh, the loss of one of the architects, Gil Brandt passing away yesterday. Um, I think it hit a lot of people in a very unique way. He's kind of like grandpa. I learned it from you, RJ. I had just so going on the, you know, during the break, I went onto your Instagram and I, I, I learned that from you. What, what, what did y'all write about Gil? I mean, it's, 
you know, in, in situations like this, it's tough to, to really say anything. I mean, because his career kind of spoke for itself. Um, yes, true. If, you know, if anyone is, I would even offer under the age of 50, they, they might not be fully aware of Gil Brandt's contributions to the Cowboys brand. I mean, at the beginning, it was Tex Schramm, it was Tom Landry, and it was Gil Brandt. And they all innovated in their own special ways. Tom Landry, obviously, in the most visible on the field. Tex Schramm, literally in the most visible by way of television marketing and public relations. I mean, it's, it's Tex Schramm's contributions that lead to the Cowboys being on Thanksgiving every year, playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, but Gil Brandt innovated in the scouting department. I mean, he was the first dude to be like, let's use computers, right? Like, let, let's let the computers um, kind of, tr- you know, process this information and it led to the discovery of so many hall of fame players uh ring of honor players important contributors i mean he revolutionized the the part of the reason the nfl draft is what it is today uh is because of Gilbrand, and and he helped identify that as this resource that needed to be completely and totally you know dried up if you were interested in improving your football team and so um he truly is one of the most important and influential people in NFL history, he's rightfully in the Ring of Honor and the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I think he's an example of, I saw this conversation floating around yesterday, like, you know, I think we all have a bit of an internal piece that he was able to see himself go into the Hall of Fame, and unfortunately it doesn't happen for everybody. And it brings up the Jimmy Johnson Ring of Honor stuff. Like, dude, time is so precious. Like, there's, there's no, there's no reason you. to not let people like this, you know, enjoy their moment in the sun that they deserved. And hopefully Gilbrandt got to experience this. This is more of an NFL question, but it involves the Cowboys, RJ. Rob and I discussed a little bit earlier the, the Forbes valuations. And is it time we get back, especially because of the NFL and how big they are and how much money they make, to where we just go back to no salary cap and then we're not even having to deal with these things? Or is it still a necessary evil in your eyes? Um, I mean, I'm always pro-player. So I would love to see the players get you know everything mm-hmm. that they possibly could. Uh, but I will say there's just zero way that the NFL ever allows that uh, because their cap is a fraction of their overall net earnings in a given year. And the cap is um, is a built-in excuse. Hey, yes. man, we tried. We're we can't. Rising. I mean, the, you know, we're up against the salary cap. <laughs> you know, it works some way. Nobody understands. We're over, we're under, you know, but we're going to be over. We had to leave money to sign our rookies or whatever the case may be. So um, it's, there's no way they get rid of that. It protects them in a lot of different ways. The owners, that is, and this is an owner's league, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's stupid, the evaluation. I, I always think about, um, I don't know if either of you saw that movie Concussion. Yes. There was a line in, in the trailer for that movie that I always think about, and it was when somebody's playing Will Smith's character, um, like to be careful challenging the NFL. And they, again, it was so powerful. They said, you're going up against somebody that owns a day of the week. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's who they <laughs> that are. Like they, they really and totally, absolutely do. It's their world. I mean, it's crazy that they're more valued than some Premier League teams or La Liga teams. Like, they're not a worldwide league, yet they have worldwide fame and fortune. That's well RJ Ochoa well of Blogging the Boys. Uh, we're about to... Close out the segment. Before we go, I want to this news crossing board that we do have another shift in the college football land that Stanford and Cal and SMU are joining the ACC. Oh, really? It, it appears that this phone Who meeting did they that, get uh, to vote. 
there was a there were four possible votes no. They had to carry twelve of the fifteen. Uh, they needed to flip one. Evidently, they did. SMU and too. SMU, Cal, and uh, Berkeley are our Stanford are headed to uh, the ACC. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Oregon State. Tough scene. Tough, <laughs> tough morning to be a beaver. I mean, <laughs> uh, tough morning to be a beaver. Save that, Edwin. <laughs> Um, that's really, I, I, I don't, um, like I don't live and die with some of the college football pageantry and traditions as much as a lot of people. Um, my internal focus just has to exist on Sundays, obviously, um, throughout the fall, but I'm, I'm at the very least interested. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I am a fan of this or I'm enjoying this, but we're at this point now where I, like, let's see it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to say like, let's see what this looks like. Let's see, you know, Oregon travel. To, you know, Happy Valley on a yes. Saturday night. Like, I'm like, let's get weird. Like, at this point, I feel for the athletes. I feel for everybody involved. I can't believe, again, like, you know, college football is this massively popular thing. But from a wealth standpoint, it's worth, again, a fraction of the NFL. But it, it's just, it's so difficult to, like, explain this to people. You know, like, it's like, I'm sure people hit you up in your daily lives, you know, when y'all are out doing your own personal errands, you know, going where you like to go, Rudy. We all know those places. And people are like, okay, so, like, what's going on in college football? Why? Why? Like, why did Oregon State get left out? Like, it's the most difficult concept in the world to explain. What are you going to do this last week before this, you know, before you lock all the way in for these next 17 weeks? You got any plans with the family? Because these next 17 weeks, you know how it's going to be. 18 weeks uh, for the regular season. 18, you're right, because of the buy. more beyond right. that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, at this point, just rest and recuperate and get healthy. Uh, that's, you sound that's like Mike McCarthy. Uh, you sound like Mike but, McCarthy. What this came home from camp? <laughs> yeah, um, but it is. You know, it's exciting. Um, and truthfully, I mean, for me, I I really enjoy the the scheduled kind of action that my life becomes. Like it's so easy to kind of identify. This always happens on Mondays. This always happens on Thursdays. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's fun having football back. I did not stay up for the Arizona State game last night. If either of you did, kudos, no, especially no. given what you do for a living. Uh, but it's it's fun having that you know that option back in our lives. So I'm pumped about it. He's RJ Ochoa. My Check man. his stuff at Blog and the Boys. Following him on the X's and the Instas and everything else that you keep up with in the for the outside world. But all in all, get well, RJ. We can't wait to talk to you next week. <laughs> Before next week, y'all have a glass of chocolate milk. Giggle. That will be the first time in quite some time. R.J. Ochoa. Hey, coming up, we did talk about it. We're going to dig deeper. It appears that the ACC is expanding to 18 teams. Did you break news? And there is a team in Texas headed to the SEC. Now, how they got there is worthy of discussion. The ACC grows. SMU goes. We're talking about it next. This is R&R, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Don't wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the back. Oh, the left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good! 
Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R&R in the morning, a big old Friday edition. He's Rudy, I'm Rob. We're glad you're with us. We got two hours of fun headed your direction. And in these hours, we will include R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys and the voice of the Fighting Texas Aggies. Uh, our good friend and cohort, Andrew Monica, will be here in just a little over an hour to look forward to the New Mexico arrival in College Station. Yes. Y'all hear that pep in his step? Ready that's to go, the, baby. That's the sound of somebody that doesn't return to this building until Wednesday. That's right. <laughs> Rob has a birthday next Tuesday, so y'all wish him a happy birthday today on the YouTubers and the tweets because he won't be back until after he is 35. Well, you're turning 35 and celebrating appropriately this weekend. But yeah. What are you going to do, man? I mean, does have you have y'all made the dinner plans? My wife's birthday is tomorrow. Oh damn! So yours don't even matter. It's, yeah. So <laughs> well, really, my birthday is predicated on how good I do her birthday. Gotcha. See, that makes got, sense. Make so it. if I do hers great, mine's always good. That sounds like it, a vet. If I stumble into it, my birthday's just a myth. Okay, so you're an Amazon guy. Please tell me you've ordered something. Um, I have not, to be oh quite frank. God. But we have an idea that we're getting something for each of us. Okay. And then you're going to watch your fighting Texan and Maggie's from a nice little seat. Got some little shade. So, see, this is how much of a vet Rob is. And I'm sure plenty of Aggies are. He got his seats on the shade side. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, you know, the the student section is the sun side. Of course. That's where they belong. And they got to, man, we all suffered. And they stand in that heat. And it's going to be awful on Saturday night. That's one of those things in those. New Mexico has no idea how bad. Right. Well, they've been here before. But yeah, it's going to be a good weekend of of football. there had been a little bit of discussion over the last month w- about those the, the last of the Pac-12s, what was going to happen. Um, it looked like the ACC had effectively shut it down, or at least four of the schools in the ACC had shut down negotiations with the, the remaining Pac-12ers. Uh, the big schools, Clemson, Florida State, uh, North Carolina State, North Carolina, were the four that were kind of anti Right. And I that, wonder who they flipped, right? Who did they flip? I, well, I wonder because we asked. I, I, Rudy and I were talking me. about this this morning. Who do you think that those four schools who are desperate to get in? Which one do you do you go to to try to flip? Right. Well, the thing is, when you when you broke down to me, you know them how much money, how much less money they're taking. I think all four. Yeah. Like, okay, y'all agree to take a significant less amount than what we share. This Come a, on over. This according to Sports Illustrated. Uh, it appears that, um, first of all, with them joining uh, by the contract that has been negotiated with the ACC and ESPN, it will add a seven about $70 million to the value of the contract, oh, wow. the money that's coming back to the ACC. Well, that's that, worth a lot then. Yes. That in combination with the three teams offering to come in, and we don't have the numbers specifically, but they have all said that they are willing to come in at drastically reduced revenue share. So they're not going to come in as one-eighteenth partners in this. They're going to come in at a, at a smaller revenue bit. And kind of fill in with their own endowment and all money that they make just for being in the ACC outside of TV or broadcast revenue to kind of make it equal up. And this is a move that only the wealthier schools can make. This is oh, a school gotcha. that a lot of schools. SMU and Stanford got money. Yeah. Well, Cal too. Yeah, hell. They all got a little bit of money in the bank. So if you were just a regular school and you were going to jump into the waters with the ACC knowing full well for the next eight years, you're going to get a smaller cut of the money. Wow. It says SMU is expected to come in for nine years with no broadcast media revenue, sources told ESPN. Both Cal and Stanford were expected to receive 30% of the shares. So SMU is so desperate. 
And so wealthy. And so wealthy. They do got money. They're not even going to take any of the TV money. They're just like, all right, just let us come over there and be a part of this. They I, understand. How do you feel about that? Well, they understand that if you don't get on this train, it's leaving the station, and there's no getting on the next stop. Nine, it ain't stopping again. This is it. And nine years, and I know this sounds crazy, but nine years goes kind of fast. So you think about that 10th year, Rob, when, hey, we've paid our dues. We came in. We didn't ask for any money. So in the 10th year, when y'all get ready to renew the deal, you let us in. I, you know, it's almost kind of like an internship. Nine years is a lifetime. What are you <laughs> no, talking about? Not to, not, not to me, because these deals get redone before they're done. Not these. I, I maybe they don't I, go up to the last minute on the, these the TV. TV deals. You know, they go they full they go full extension. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, especially now because of the uh, because of the way that they're, they're jumping around. This is but not, I understand. Man, this ain't changing. You're in the hole for nine years. But I understand SMU's thought process. Like, look, at some point, look, we're not going away after nine years. So, you know, 100 years from now, look back at it as a good move. Well, I That's think SMU in particular. That's what, I'm just talking about SMU. Well, the reason I think SMU is so significant in this is because no school in the country understands more than SMU what it's like to, to lose deaf. the program right, and to lose the what that program means to the university. And more importantly, that's what the lack of football, you know, they were still playing football games and they brought it back on home. But the notoriety that SMU achieved, whether it was positive or negative, mm-hmm. they lost. They lost it for 30 years. So I think they're more than happy. Ten more years? Hell, we've been in the hole for 30. What's ten more? We've been wandering the desert since the mid ninety, early 90s. So what's ten more? But Stal- but Cal and, and, and Stanford, they... They saw, they know what SMU knows through experience. If you don't get on this train, yeah. and you're this, you got the last three seats. Which is, I, I guess it's smart. I don't see why not. So that's be about 16. Let's say they get it to 55 million, because adding them, they're saying it's going to go take them from 50 to 60 million. So let's just land in the middle just for talking points sake. For Stanford and Cal, that's going to be about 16 and a half million. Now that fifty to sixty is going to be divided up between fourteen members and Notre Dame. Yes. Now see, because they got- like, I'm like, okay. Now to me, Rob, I know they're on that side basketball wise. To me, the ACC, I'm like, y'all are. I'd feel a way about sending that check to Notre Dame, like. So to me, Notre now Dame's it doesn't du- matter. Yeah, the, Notre Dame's kind of double dipping. Not not kind of. Well, they they are. are double dipping. And before it mattered having Notre Dame as part of the conference. That when they did, when they made the deal, it makes it sense mattered. now. You don't think they, it matters now? Now, I I don't. They don't need Notre Dame. They needed them before. But if you lose, but if you lose Notre Dame, that that fifty to sixty goes All, down. We're not talking nope. about Notre Dame we're, football. Yeah, we're talking about basketball. All we're talking about is Notre Dame basketball. But when, you know when they, they made the deal, them. you're kind of like, well, we we understand why you went and got them because it might be the precursor to them eventually coming. Right. Well, now that deals. Why you're not holding out? You've got eighteen teams. You're not going to be a nineteenth. Notre Dame ain't coming to the ACC. I think that door is no. now closed. It so would be the big. 10, if the if ACC anything. could get out of any kind of deal with Notre Dame, I think they would happily do it today. Now, d- to three days ago, it made some sense. Right. Today, not so much. Now, did this lose my just for my entertainment purposes, just for my own selfish reasons? Is the opportunity of Clemson, Miami, Florida State moving to the SEC gone with this move? No. No, you sure? Because uh, I, I, I just wanted that for my entertainment. I don't even it, know if it, it makes sense. Go, 
I just wanted that to happen there, for there, me. There is a, a, a an interesting provision with of the ACC's membership. It's called it, it's this grant of rights deal that's unique in this conference that's different from any other conference that they've dealt with that I've dealt with. I don't quite understand the formatics of what is binding the ACC together. But there is a, a, an agreement amongst them that is a little bit of a stronger bond than the rest of the conferences have. It was something that's been around for a bit. It's a, they're calling it I a grant of rights. That. Right. Grand so of rights. I think that has been one of the, the reasons why Florida State and Clemson are still there. Um, because the buyout to leave the ACC is remarkably high and difficult to get over. Um now, with the addition of these three teams, it could go one of two ways. They could have now the the uh, the cell door is officially locked and we're done at eighteen, or it could allow for maybe the Clemson and Florida State, the two schools that have been eyeing the SEC more to than me, to, an opportunity to leave. Okay. Um, now let me ask you this, Rob, and it brought up on the YouTube where I could see as it adds to the conversation, and I thought this too, and I was going to ask you this. Why does your mark in the gang not want SMU? They want Houston. You want Houston. Like, why don't I mean, I'm not why, sure why they don't didn't. I, because, you know, I think it's a great question. What? Why are they just sitting there? Like, you bring in Houston, you bring in Cincinnati, you bring in BYU, you bring in Central Florida, and SMU is just standing there like, hey, you know, you're going to pick me? Like, you Well, wait. there is TCU I'm, on the other side of right. Fort okay, Worth so that's they, more they, than happy that SMU is Are they trying to be there. loyal to TCU? Well, I think there's something. To, I, you know what? I don't know the inner workings of that. Man, I, I, I think it's a good question, but I can't answer it. Because that's why I'm I not you. inside the building at SMU. I know what my opinion is of SMU as a former Big 12-er. Yeah, and see, the eights, ACC, and you, you kind of brought me onto the light of this. They don't see SMU as a way to get Texas televisions, do they? Absolutely, I don't, they do. You, I, but Rob, to be honest and be be totally honest with me. What's the last? Give me the last three times that you sat Let and watched an SMU something. game. Here's I'm, I'm, the good news. I'm now, Dabo Sweeney can wake up today and book a flight to Dallas and walk into Duncanville High School and legitimately tell Mama, guess what? Your son is now in the ACC. You're going to be able to watch him when he goes to Clemson on TV on their own network okay, here in Dallas. It opened a portal to the SEC football world that ACC or ACC yeah, football world that Dabo Sweeney could only dream of. Now Florida State's pulled out of Dallas before, of course. And I mean, Clemson all of them have. All of Clemson them have. is not a school that when you think of Texas talent, they no. ain't going to Clemson. They're the Dallas talent is not going to Clemson. They're going to schools in the ACC, most likely. But Dabo really hasn't gotten a foothold in. Well, now that these SEC schools, like Florida State and can say, and Miami now, too, can walk into Dallas and say, guess what? You come to Miami, you're on TV here. It ain't like you're searching for an ACC game. They're here now. It, it, it is a okay, tremendous so it is a benefit. Okay, gotcha. They got a, a, a an in into Texas. So yeah, if I'm if I'm if I'm those coaches and I see SMU and they're coming in for free and I get to come there every other year and play <laughs> said, in Dallas, is it for free? I'll tell you that F R E E. If it's free, give me three. So Dabo and all, all those guys get a Dallas game at Jerry World every other third year. Mm. So what's left over there? Is it Washington State and Oregon State still homeless? Yeah, they're homeless. 
or is they just there by themselves after this year, right? They're yeah, just, they're they're Pac-12 now. I, somebody's going to take I, them. I, the, the, here's Mount the good West, news. They got to go to the Mountain West. No, I, I will tell you this. And, and reading the land, and mm-hmm. I, I say this a lot because I believe it. When there is blood on the streets by the land around it because it's never going to be cheaper than it is right now. I think the Pac-12 will rise again. I think the Pac-12 is going to rebuild with all of those California schools that you see playing in the first round of the college. Fresno State, San Diego State. All the states, Irvine, Fresno, uh, up and down the coast, name them. From San Diego State all the way up to Northern California, name the school up there. They're going to rebuild and become a truly West Coast conference. And in about five years, they're going to start keeping the talent in the state. And they'll be back. I don't believe that. I, I, I'm well, not going I, that I far. think there will be a Power 5A. Okay. They, yeah, okay. You know that sounds mean? better to I me. I think that they will be as good as Conference USA ever was, where they'll put a team like Cincinnati into the fight every now and again. The Pac-12 is going to rebuild. And I, I, I hate to keep harping on this, but Pac-12, remember when Texas and OU came to your door with that, with that driveway cleaner and they said they just wanted to show you a little sample? And you said, no, I don't want it. And I was like, just give me a couple seconds. I can show you how this product can change your life. And you slam the door in their face, Pac-12. As much as Brett Yormark will have books written about how he took the conference and applied mass marketing music ideas and the way you, you promote entertainment right. to football, which has already been, that's nothing new. But the way Yormark he, attacked it. His, will be a book of absolute success. He saw the trend coming. He jumped in and did a remarkable job of growing it. Got ahead of it. Utah, Colorado, got the Arizonas, did a great job. You look back on what the Pac-12 was, where they come from. Keep in mind, the last TV deal the Pac-12 signed was the biggest in history. Bigger than the SEC had, yeah. Bigger than the Big 12, bigger than the Big 10. The Pac-12 led the way and within five years cracked apart. Now, can you come back? Can you come on to this side and be get ready for twenty twenty four? I mean, how much more do you need, Rob? We don't. Twenty twenty three is the most meaningless college football season ever. Well, it's kind of <laughs> like telling the Spurs that the ninety nine title didn't count. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes, it's a year of no, transition, but at the end of the year, somebody's going to be holding Rob, up a trophy, okay. and that name will be on the list that will forever last. Right. You so are. It does I, look, I, you are excited. You got your maroon on. It's not, September 1st, 2023. September 1st, 2024, you're going to do the show standing up, pacing around this room. You got Texas on your schedule next yes, year. But I'll tell Are you, you kidding me? Once the larger playoff gets into play, it won't matter. It's yeah. not. It's not as important. Every week don't matter like it does now. So this is really Good one point. of your last hey, opportunities. You know what? That's the strongest point. That's what I, what, what I tried to uh, yeah, I got you. tell Texas fans. You this you this year there's an get opportunity in front of you guys. Th- don't don't look at SEC next year. Awful. <laughs> next year's awful, man. You're going up in a weight class this year. Clean house, man. Go knock it out because it's going to be three years before you're back in a situation where you can legitimately look down the the schedule and go. I'm comfortable with every freaking game. That won't happen for the next couple of years. I'm glad you brought that up because just finishing that untold with Florida. And you're right about the importance of every week. After Florida lost to Ole Miss, they had one loss in there in the locker room crying because they thought they lost their opportunity to win the national title. Whereas now, Rob, yeah. you might be able, depending on who you are in your SOS strength of schedule, you might be able to sneak in the playoff with three. Yes. With three losses. So things are going to be easier yeah. and harder at the same time. But Texas fan, 
gather ye rosebuds, baby. Go get this now because time is fleeting. It's going to be awful the next couple of years. Trust me. I know. Yeah. And we're about to start whooping your ass on a regular, too. Take that home yeah. with you. Did you watch any of the Minnesota and Nebraska? Well, some of you were forced to. Well, well, <laughs> a lot yeah. of people were forced to watch. Yeah, Minnesota, we, we started what's happened about it. I mean, it was thirteen to ten, but a good game. But Mark Rule starts with an L. Yeah. I, I, I almost forgot that he was over there, Rob. I ain't gonna lie to you. Nebraska is bereft of talent. You know, there's nothing. Ain't it weird? Ain't it weird? Because again, I come from the era where Nebraska was a powerhouse, yes. and if they were on TV, you watched the it's, helmet. The, the, that red jersey, like they had the QB, they had a running back. Like it was always a thing when you would watch Nebraska football. Now I'm like, oh, Nebraska's on. Let me see what for a little bit. Then I change it after 15, 20 minutes. But last night I had no choice. I, I know Most that, people. I mean, he he did great things at Baylor. He might have been, obviously he was a little overmatched in the pros. But at Baylor, but Baylor when he arrived. Oh, my gosh. Was it, was, it kind of like Nebraska, right? Well, see, they were coming off of Art Browse. All the the scandal, and they lost a lot. So it he was built that from nothing. But that, there, there's something about this Nebraska program that while Baylor felt like they were on life support when he got there because the scandal, it was recent. They weren't. They hadn't been in a hospital for a month. They'd been sick for a week, and and Rule turned them on a dime, and they got back quick. See, the thing about it, Rob, to live in Nebraska, you have to already be good if you want a kid to go live in Nebraska. Like, you can, oh. you can talk a kid into going to Michigan because they're good. You watch them, they got Jordan, they're in the mm-hmm. playoff. Like, okay, I'll go sit in 10 degree weather for right. Michigan. I ain't going to sit in 10 degree weather for a team that can barely win five, six games. I'm just not going to do it. I'd, I'd rather play at Baylor. Right. And so I think <laughs> that the difficulty that Rule's going to face is so much deeper than he did at Baylor because that program is dead. Nebraska is and dead. And this is a team, that, and this is a university that has five natties. Yes. They have and, five natties, and they are dead. And they're skinny-legged guys running around. You can tell these are not high D1 football players. They don't look like it. You don't when, think Rule can get this? Because, I mean, he's a defensive guy. You don't think he can get this to the point where they're at least like – like when I say get them back, Rob, I would I would take eight and four. Oh, you don't think he, I, eight that's and what four? I'm saying. Like, you don't think he could get them to that point? He's years away from that, man. I, I'm Remember we you. said Scott? Oh, Scott Frost is in over his head. No, it's just he wasn't getting the they dogs. Can't get the guys to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, would you? I last night while it was a great football game, just showed how long and yeah. how far Matt Rule has to go because Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, nice late game comeback. Hey, we got a lot to talk about in the NFL. If you're just joining us, the ACC just grew by three. R.J. Ochoa is just around the corner, and we have Andrew Monaco joining us. So your assignment is to stay where you are. We'll be right back. This is R&R, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. You're shot at $50,000 nationally, while weekly winners locally get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the season, locally, the best overall record wins the San Antonio Grand Prize of $1,000 worth of tickets to any event from Awesome Tickets. Sign up today at sasportstar.com. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to you. Top of the morning to all. It's R&R in the morning, a getaway Friday edition. Hopefully you have some fine plans for what will be for most a three-day weekend. Headed to the sand and sun, maybe heading to the mountain air, maybe 
staying at home, maybe in front of a TV watching all the college football you can devour on the first full weekend of games. It's uh, So my anniversary is Tuesday, oh. and then my wife's birthday is Thursday, so wow. probably do some celebrating this weekend. Not much, because again, at, my, at our age, doing nothing is doing something. It is uh you know it what is, I mean? It is more I'll valuable now yes. than it has ever been. Yeah. The uh, Cowboys are a little under a week away, a little over a week away. They got the, the Giants coming up in prime time. Prime time, baby. Prime time. Uh, Dak Prescott was um, not the news. He was a recipient of the news this week. He was a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a sounding board, a wall for which the news would bounce off. I mean, he didn't make the news for anything he did. He made the news for things that weren't done. Right. He didn't get a call, and his backup or heir apparent was brought into the building. And, you know, you can look at that a lot of different ways. Well, you know, the one narrative is, how dare, how, how, how dare Jerry, how dare him um, not call his franchise quarterback. And not let him know. And let him, at the very least, know that I'm affecting your team. At the, at, but even more so, I'm affecting your team by bringing in a guy in your room that everybody's going to call your replacement. And I'm bringing him in right on the cusp of us negotiating the biggest deal I have ever made with any Dallas Cowboy. And that's what it'll be. It'll be the largest contract Jerry has ever signed with anybody oh, yeah, when sure, Dak for signs sure, it. For sure, for so sure. right before I do that, and we start really discussing the vast amount of money I'm about to pay you, I'm bringing in your replacement. And that's the week before the season begins. Uh, it, I, you know, when we just talked to RJ, I thought I was, I was shocked at how nonchalant he was about it only because RJ was the one that brought it to everyone's attention that if they didn't get this re- deal redone by now that they have that wiggle room, yes. there's going to be some dead money. They got that wiggle room to get out of Dak's deal. So I thought the timing of it was head scratching to say the least. And then there were some things that Jerry said, well, Dak was interviewed by Jory Epstein and, uh, well, you can. Hear, he'll tell you how he felt about the move. Uh, yeah, I think they read a little too much into it, as, I, as I've said before, and I made it known that I um, understand that's the front office and they have a job to do, and I believe that everything that they're doing, whether it's additions or trades to this team, they're doing it for the betterment of the whole team. So um, I'm just excited to, as we have, welcome Trey and just continue to make our room better, make our, our offense better and our team better, and I know he's going to do everything he can to do that. Such a professional. Or such a professional, such a robot. You could put it that way too. I mean, that's a part of being a professional. <laughs> you know, what I mean? a part of being a professional is you got to have the robot mode. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't know if I would have took take took it like Dak did. He took it on the chin and said, "You know, Trey can make this team better." How? How, How can the third string quarterback make that? You know, and I don't look. I know George is happy to get the deal. I mean, the, she's very talented. But I'm just what I'm saying is. That question has to be asked. The only way he can make the team better, Dak, is if he gets onto the field. You don't want that. So what do you mean he can make the team better? How does the third-string quarterback make the team better? Is it because he's running scout? He's going to play Jalen Hurts in practice? Is that what it is? Because how does the third-string quarterback make the team better unless he gets on the field and produces? So when you see when you throw that out there, Dak, I know you've clicked on robot mode. Because that doesn't make any sense. Lance isn't picking up a blitz for you. <laughs> That's a, right. He's not, he's not going to, you know, he's not rushing for 1,200 yards <laughs> like Tony Pollard. So 
explain to me what you mean, how he can make the team better, Dak. That may should have been a follow-up, but I see Jory working. She's like trying to get in as many questions, many questions they can. So this is, and honestly, I think we do need to take stock in the fact that it's times like these that we should step back. And even if you're a Dak hater, even if you are, you have to appreciate with the aplomb that he went through this week with. That, a, a plum? Well, Hold I mean, on. What, what, the, I mean he was, what it was just mean? another day in his world. He could have easily gone Aaron Rodgers, and we could have had a picture of him batting his eyes another way. Or, you know, just something where he was being passive-aggressive pissed. I don't think you know? anybody would have been upset if he would have professionally said, like, only Dak can. Uh, I did think that we had some holes here and there that we maybe could have filled, but I leave those things to the organization. He didn't and that, do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That would have let me know all I needed to know. Because there is no way, again, and this is why he's the concept professional, there's no way he's okay with this or happy about this. No quarterback would be. And I don't think I don't think Dak should be held to any different standard than anybody else. Like, why would you be okay with this? Only he and Kirk Cousins, who we compare each well, yeah. other to, would be like, oh, or we're happy you, he's here. Or have uh, you accepted the fact of what you are? Well, I think well, accepted or resigned, <laughs> you know, maybe resigned would be resigned a better. Resigned is a better word. But I yeah, mean, they're I trying think, to take reads from you. They want you throwing less picks. Maybe you've resigned, as you said, Rob, <laughs> like, to what I am. And when you've resigned to what you are, maybe you're not. Hey, yeah, of course they brought in another quarterback. Like, perfect example. I remember who we were talking to. They brought up Ryan Tannehill. Like, Tannehill don't care. Like, they drafted uh, Malik. Every then they year. drafted Will Levis, and Ryan's like, yeah. Bring it. I get it. <laughs> I'll beat him out, too. You Which know? We, at the least, we don't even expect to ask Dak that. Well, you know what? You have to beat him out, too. Right. That's not, not, not an issue. Here, we apologize for bringing in competition. We're so sorry. Yeah. We brought somebody in that might actually push you. So if you make a mistake, we understand that it's probably your fault. Right. Or our fault. The, the idea that, you know, there's only how many NFL players? Thousand players. Whatever. They all talk to each other. One way or another, they are they got their own WhatsApp lists. I, I, do you believe maybe that there is a WhatsApp group of only starting quarterbacks in the NFL that they can call just amongst ah. the thirty-two of themselves? They could bitch amongst themselves. So, now I think there's thirty-one. I don't think they let Aaron in. <laughs> there's thirty-one. Nobody wants Aaron in the group chat. Well, you know, because we have our own little private. Yeah, we have our own radio thing. host group chat. You th- I'd like to think that there's. 15 or 16. Well, you told me you got a little program direct one that I'm kind of jealous well, of. There like. is, I mean, there are these little <laughs> secret groups where we. A little, little Illuminati radio groups. So there's kind of that you just maybe. But we right. did come to find out that while it might not have been a WhatsApp conversation, uh, Dak has indeed spoken to Lance previously about a shared experience. Yeah, um, obviously, we just have going through something like that myself. I just wanted to reach out, share my support. Had um had talked to him and reached and uh, met with him before I guess you could say when he was coming out of the draft process. So, um just we're, we're all family in this league and nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. But um, having dealt with the same thing, just wanted to let him know I was there for him. Uh, any questions or anything that he had, uh, felt free. It reminds me of a picture because yeah, this picture there's this. Of course, they're no longer together right now, but there's a picture of a uh, a Rod. Uh, who was it at the time? Oh, Mark Anthony and J Lo. <laughs> and in the at the bottom of the picture it says, "It's always the ones they tell you not to worry about." 
Because this is after the fact, like she left Mark Anthony, she ends up with uh, Alex Rodriguez. And this reminds me of that, like, dude, you know, I, I ain't worried about Trey Lance. He's way in San Francisco. Let me call him and reach right. out to him. You good. Get, hey, man, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do mentally. This is what you got to do physically. Only to see this man show up at your practice facility and say, hey, man, can you help me take your job? Literally, that's what Lance has done. Like, hey, man, so what am I supposed to do on when we're in this? And Because I'm in installment one. When we're here, I would look at what, you. What, do you teach him wrong? Y- yes. Yes. Yes, Rob, this is big boy football, Rob. We This is $200 million on the line, See, bro. this hurts my heart. I, we've done this. We've talked about this before. I, I just can't imagine not at least being helpful. Right. I just can't imagine. I don't care. And you know that that there's been hundreds, thousands of instances where guys have come in and they're, the guy in front of them didn't, I mean, sabotaged them to right. the detriment of the team. Right. Just to, I'm not gonna say I'm not look, Rob. I'm not gonna sabotage him, but I might be busy every time you ask me something. Like, oh man, I got Jory Epstein. I got to sit down, and then I got to get some treatment. But let me get back to you. Have your people call my people? Yeah, I, it would be a whole bunch of let me get back to you. No, I'm not helping Trey Lance. But we blow up Russell Wilson for having him. Your people need to call my people. I don't have time to. No, now I'm not. Now I should never have to call a teammate's manager. Well, to get a hold of you. Unless you're trying to take my job. Now, we're like, if I'm on the defensive line, why do I got to call Russell Wilson's manager to, to let him know, hey, man, um, um, you know what I mean? Like, we all going out for, you know, we all going to have brunch. We'll have a team brunch later. Like, and I got to go through your manager. That's, that's next level douche. But help Trey Lance when I know low key he could be my replacement. That is, that's like, again, if Dak was 42, 40, Hell, 38, I get it. Dak ain't even really in a, a quarterback years. He's not even in his prime. Like, sometimes it takes quarterbacks 10 years to where the game actually slows down and you fully understand everything. So, no, I'm not helping Trey Lance. And I wouldn't blame him if he didn't want to. Called him and ended up going to be working with him. You think he had any idea? I No. No, he didn't no. know. Yeah, I don't think so. But that, but that's Dak. And, Dak. and you know what? Dak is going to help him be better. Because that's who that's how Dak is wired. On the other side of that, you know, Trey Lance is coming from a pretty turbulent situation himself. You know what I mean? He's coming to San Francisco. He was the butt of every joke. He was the you know everybody watching to see what he looked like coming to practice, right. eyeballing every throw. So he's coming from a situation where he gets a little bit of room to breathe here. That's very true. I mean, at least in the next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least in the next. Couple of weeks after this thing dies down, I, he'll I, I equate it to the vice president. A well, lot of discussion about time because it's a lot of this is all we're dude, talking about. We're not even going to see him in uniform. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, he's going to go away and learn the system, and he'll arrive when from here on out the Cowboys will maintain and be able to control the narrative. Mm. But right now he's in the middle of it, and he could make it so much worse if Trey Lance didn't want to be here. You know, landed where he knew that he wasn't taking Dak's job, so here I am, and I just got moved. He could stir the pot. I mean, he could have made it a whole lot worse, or he could have come in and been like you. I'm here to take Dak's job. What are you talking about? Yo, now, I'm going to say this, Rob. Now, this year's training camp was really, really subdued, and we're kind of all looking around, and we're talking to the TV guys and radio guys and everybody, the print guys, and we're like, damn, you know, it's pretty good. Low-key training camp. Next year's training camp is going to be everything this (laughs) one wasn't because – 
Again, this year when Dak throws three interceptions in training camp, nobody gives a damn because it's Cooper Rush and Will Greer. Now you fast forward to Oxnard next year and Dak throws three picks and Trey is connecting all the dots. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I ain't going to lie. I don't I don't even like, yes, I do. I like enjoy covering Cowboys training camp because, yes, it's awesome because all the access we get. But next year. We got fireworks because, again, I don't unless like just all hell breaks loose, Rob and Cooper breaks a leg and Dak has a hamstring or whatever the case. That's the only way we're going to get any fireworks from that this situation. But next year at training camp. Because, you know, we don't uh, even really pay attention to Will Greer and Cooper Rush. You're like, oh, okay, hey, that's cool. That was cute. He threw it in the net. He threw it in the trash can. Like, Will that Greer was, did, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was Rob's highlight of Will Greer. Rob, hey, Will Greer threw a ball in the, the trash can. the greatest shot before. I've ever seen. Said, Next year, if that happens in this number 15 doing it, we got chitter-chatter. But if Dak arrives, if we're sitting here a year from today, September 1, 24, and he doesn't have a contract, Rome is already burning. It's it's already on fire. It's just a matter of they can put it out. Big facts. Hey, there is huge news uh, coming out of the ACC. They're growing. Scenic views for sure. The ACC now has a travel budget, the likes of which no conference in the history of mankind has ever seen. There are three teams playing on the furthest west coast, and then you have the Atlantic Coast Conference all playing along in the Atlantic Coast. They said hello the uh, Stanford, SMU, and Cal Berkeley are now, or soon to be, members of the ACC. Yeah, they are. And, I, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the question about, you know, why SMU had to travel all the way over there, and then I get why Stanford and Cal. But um, if you're in the um, ACC, and if we're, we're going to stick to the theme that it's all about the money, you just jumped up to close to $60 million per school. I mean, you got to think about some of the schools that's over there that, you know, Virginia, your Virginia Techs, your Dukes. It was when we were just speaking about football that we're just kind of like, oh yeah, they're on TV. Okay, cool. Like clearing fifty five, sixty now because these you know these schools get added, and then you get one of the schools added that doesn't want any money. It's a win. Again, nobody's looking at you in the light that we look at the Big Ten or the SEC when we talk about football. But at the same time, it's like, damn. Well, if we ain't gonna be in the in the in the same light, at least we're making the same money. Close. Not, yeah, I know SEC and Big Ten are both at a little over 60, it but was, you get where I'm coming, coming from. Coming into this morning's ACC uh, conference call, there had been a straw poll taken amongst the members, and it stood at, with 15 t- teams at 12, um, 12 to 3 on Friday for um, letting them in. They had to have one flip. Uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and were probably the most easy, according to what I'm seeing, to bring over. But whatever occurred, whether it was SMU and agreeing to take absolutely nothing in revenue, TV revenue mm-hmm. rights for the next nine years, or it was Stanford and Cal Berkeley agreeing to take only roughly 30% of the <laughs> so about 16, revenue, only bringing in about 16 and a half. And trust me, that probably won't even cover travel expenses. The 16.5 that they're going to get won't cover travel? Damn. Well, think what about are they taking, how, GG5? Well, think about all the different teams and all the different things you've got to do over a, over a period of a year. The hotels, the travel. We're talking football, Ooh, yeah. baseball, the volleyball, equipment. every sport. 
and you're flying cross-country for, for all but two of your conference games. 16.5 might just be enough to cover travel, if that. And it's such a weird dynamic, especially like we were talking about Stanford and Cal, because, again, the weeks, when you got back-to-back roadies cross-country, you really almost have to consider staying on the East Coast that week and doing class remote. Because it just doesn't make sense to, like you talk about, when you talk about the travel, like it really doesn't make sense to go go to North Carolina, fly back to Cali, then fly right all back over there to go play Virginia Tech. That, along with, consider the two schools that are joining. And SMU is certainly a fine institution. I don't want SMU, to SMU, I think their travel's fine. The, well, yeah, I mean, they're still coming out of Texas. But what I'm talking about is the very idea that two of the five or six True blue ribbon, high end education schools that play sports in Stanford and Berkeley. And I will begrudgingly throw Notre Dame in there. Right. You know, I will throw in, they're the upper echelon. It's, you don't just come to this school to play, you got to get in too. Right. That we're going to treat those schools and tell them if you're going to come play basketball at Stanford, you're going to spend weeks on the road. And while this Blue Ridge and top-of-the-line mm-hmm. education is one that most of us only can dream of getting, you're going to have to do most of your classes via Zoom during the season because you ain't going to be in, in San Francisco. You're going to be in Raleigh-Durham for a week. You're going to be – no kidding, you know what I mean? Right? You're, gonna, you're not going to be a Stanford student during your season because your every conference game is on the road. If you're, on, if you're playing a, a roadie conference game, you just flew eight hours. You just had a five-hour flight. Yeah, because we talk about football, but there is the women's softball team that's got to deal with this, too. So 16-5 is just enough to kind of yeah, get them going. I don't and even then, know if that covers. I think you probably in the red. And then we can no longer, and this is the nail in the coffin about athletics and education combined. If Stanford is willing to jump on this train, Stanford, Berkeley, the bastions of high, high-end education, are saying, you know what, that'd be damned. We got to be part of the ACC or we got nothing. It's over. It's, they're sacrificing it too. They, of all people, would go, you know what, education is more important. We will just schedule a season of our own and we'll play and it'll be just part of the college experience, but it won't be the important part. They didn't go that route. We'll give you, we will sacrifice not just kind of millions, 60 million. We'll just give it away. We don't take it. Yeah, SMU, SMU, the whole, like, SMU just wants to get invited to the party. That's, like I said, that's like getting invited to the reception, but not the wedding. You know, like, yeah, okay, hey, you know, you come to the reception, but you can't come to the wedding part. This tells me that this chapter is done. Which, what chapter this, is that? What, this began, this coalization, this movement of, of, of conferences as a money grab. This, that, that's, it began because they saw TV contracts expiring. They saw the NCAA collapsing under its own monolithic red tape weight. And they saw potential to make a whole bunch of money. They being the ADs, the conference presidents. And they chased the money. So to close the chapter on chasing the money, there's a school that sacrificed, sacrificed money, that gave up money to be a part of this. I think we've written the chapter. Now it's time to figure out how the hell we got here and what can we do to fix it. Because what what now? Are we going to have teams paying? We'll not only come, you don't have to give us any money. 
We'll pay you $10 million yeah, a year SM- if you will allow us to join the SEC, Big Ten, ACC. SMU kind of messing things up because, and you, like you said, like USC and UCLA, they left because they were going to go and make more money. Everybody that's gone has gone and made more money. SMU just said, right, we'll come. For free, it's like you know when not for free. They're sacrificing money. They right. gave yeah, up well, whatever TV whatever. money they had in whatever conference what they were it? coming from. They were coming. They were out of the AAC. Yeah, where's that, SMU? AAC. Yeah, it might not be a huge deal, but, no, but it was, there more, was a yeah, deal. It was, it was more. It was more than zero. Yeah, that they messing up the brand. They messing up what we trying to get accomplished here. So good, bad, and different, right or wrong. This chapter of college football movement is done. Whatever happens from here on out, the precedent has been set. There's yeah. a team that went in and said, "Oh, we'll do it for free." Yeah, the, those little the little dogs. That's might will be either you stay put or you lose money. So Washington State calls the Big Ten. You, Big they Ten. Gotta, you gotta will come, you please. You gotta come for free. Well, it's going. Yeah, you can come, but we ain't giving you no We're money. Not, yeah, you, you got to bring your own cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to bring your own beer. Yeah, you can come to my party, but you better show up with a cooler because you can't have any of mine. <laughs> to quote the great R.J. Ochoa, "It's a bad day to be a beaver." It is a bad day to be I a was beaver. Like, what? Really remarkable news. And who'd have thought we'd get here? No, I didn't. Again, I just didn't. It doesn't make sense to me to go somewhere and not make well to lo- and lose money. But I guess if you got a bunch, it don't ma- it don't hurt you. I guess. I not not every school is SMU though. The next hour is chock full of goodness. When you can include two good guys like Andrew Monaco and RJ Ochoa into one beautiful hour of radio, you stay exactly where you are because that's who's coming next. This is R&R, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh, oh, left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. Each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. This is R&R in the morning, a big Friday edition. He's Rudy, I'm Rob. We're glad you're with us. Easy E driving for the next hour. We're just about chock full of guests this hour, so let's get busy. Andrew Monaco, we are so glad to hear the voice of. You heard him Wednesday night, and you will hear him every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock with the Jimbo Fisher Show as Andrew hosts with the most and of course the voice of gets busy tomorrow five o'clock as the aggies welcome in the lobos broadcast gets going at five it's presented to you by ewall Kubota, abc home services just pots the angry elephant of course caught right here on san antonio sports star andrew monaco good friend and all around great guy welcome on man good to hear from you howdy my friend how are you what's going on man you ready i am ready are you are you kidding this is what we kind of count down for and that was it just me, or was the summer so hot the days went a little slower oh, before we get maybe to this you're right. kickoff? <laughs> maybe you're right, Andrew. And I don't know of any other school that needs a kickoff like Texas A&M does. The, the record last year, and, and I remember, Andrew, I, it might have been the last time we talked. It might have been after the LSU game. I, I don't remember what the last time we spoke about the season. 
And you and I both kind of intimated that, yeah, we're keeping receipts. <laughs> Don't start. No. Don't start. Uh, but I'm, that's just the last conversation we had. Yeah. And then we saw the Petrino entry and all the things that have happened. Do I need to keep my receipts handy, Andrew? Am, I do would. I need to no, get ready to show them? I would. I would. Why not? Why not? There were a lot of people doing a lot of talking last year. They kind of enjoyed Look, it was all self-inflicted, Rob. It was self-inflicted. But it's funny, that LSU game, the more and more that I talk with the players, they were, they were the, the players who stuck around, wanted to play another week. They put themselves in a position where that was the last game, but they wanted to play another week. The reason why I'm saying keep the receipts, they have. They do not want to duplicate what happened last season. And how do you not duplicate last season? Don't do the same things you did Last spring, last summer, last fall, camp was completely different this year. Well, Andrew, the, that, the, go, well, the thing about that, that, though, Andrew, is this. It's like a bad off. It's like a bad round of golf. You're playing awful. You're ready to get out of there. Then on 18, you hit the best shot of the day. <laughs> you and it brings get... you right back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this game. <laughs> That's exactly how that LSU was. Like, man, it's been an awful season. Then you beat LSU. You're like, oh. There is something yeah. here. So there is some there yeah. there, Andrew. Yeah, there, there is. Really, there is. And, and that was what was so impressive is that offensive line. Look, they were healthy. That was the, that was the bigger thing. And the freshmen, and, and Jimbo and I talked about this on, on Wednesday, the freshmen who were baptized by fire right. were then forged by that same fire by playing. And it started to come together. The game, they, they understand the, the realization. Connor Wigman did not get sacked in that game. Uh, wow. You had McKinley Jackson back on that defensive line. Now the difference becomes the guys who came back. I truly believe that the guys who have come back are the right guys and the leadership. And, and there's one seemingly at every position. I think the biggest on offense is Anaya Smith. I think that was a huge, huge addition for the Aggies. He did not go to the pros. And just, just it's the combination of, yes, as a receiver, sometimes as a running back, Definitely as a returner, so you're affecting those parts of the field. But I don't think you can underestimate the leadership, and he's part of the unity council and the way he interacts with everybody on that team. On the other side, I'm going to go on the back end, Damani Richardson, and up front on that defensive line, which has a chance to be a real strength. I think McKinley Jackson coming back. I, he just absolutely impresses me, does McKinley, uh, that leadership, not just with his D linemen, but he works with absolutely everyone. He'll work technique with offensive linemen as well. You have the right guys coming back, the leadership, obviously the knowledge, and they can play because they're going to be on the field. And I think it's going to do wonders for the young guys. And Jimbo said this on Wednesday, and I love it. You can have leadership all you want. The young guys have to accept that leadership <laughs> and welcome it. And they have. And that's why I think this group is so tight. That's Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Texas Aggies. We'll catch him live tomorrow at 5 o'clock, moving all the way through as we got the New Mexico Lobos coming into Kyle Field as the Aggies kick off the 23-24 season. Now, you talked about the leadership that's coming back. One of the things that will be new this year will be the offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino. It was mm. announced last week that uh, Connor Wegman got the ball. Uh, not a huge surprise, though. From what I've heard, Max, it was a close I think a lot of people don't realize how close it really was between those two. Tell us why Wegman got the gig and what that means inside of this new Petrino offense. 
It's always going to be the decisions that you make. And it's funny when you say that, that Rob, you just said it, how close it was. It's not like Max lost the job. That's not it. And, mm. and Jimbo's always going to have quarterbacks. And there's always going to be, because there's always going to be the competition. And I think there's also this thought like, wow, wow, now Max, Max is going to, he's going to check out now because he didn't get the job. It's not the case. They're, they're actually really close and they, they really help one another. And I think that competition of one another, the way camp goes in the beginning is Connor runs with the ones one day, Max runs with the ones right. the next day. And you do that until the decision's made. And I can tell you watching camp, I, I was confident with whomever they put behind center and sometimes under center, which is going to be fun to see. You're going to see uh, Connor gets it, the decision-making obviously that he has and the confidence and, and Jimbo always says your team picks your starter. They'll be mm. fine with whomever, but, but Connor is just a, a, a little bit different. And I, I really enjoy the way he throws. This is always interesting to me because I asked my partner, Dave Elmendorf and not only played here in baseball here at A&M, but the, his, his decade with the Rams mm -hmm. as a safety, he talks about Connor's release is so quick and it, and it blows him away because he says that half second that he gets, away, uh, gets rid of it quicker is the difference, he said, of me as a safety deflecting that ball an incomplete or a completion. And that, I think it's something special is the release of Connor Wigman. I also think with this offensive line, I'm not going to lie, and, and with the injuries last year, he's going to be able to scramble like we've seen a little bit in the past. He'll be able to do that, but I think they're going to be able to protect him. Now, who does he get to throw to? I think some game changers. I'm not, I'm, I think that's what Anias does. Absolutely. I think what, that's what Evan Stewart does. I think that's what Noah Thomas does. That's what's nice. Running back's going to be by committee now, and I'm excited because Amari Daniels is stronger than he's ever been. Le'Veon Moss another year. Ruben. And Ruben Owens, I, I, <laughs> you, you know what, you know, you guys know me. It's like, <clears throat> I love recruiting because the excitement, then it's the old, well, can he play? <laughs> What's he do on the field? You'd never know that this is his first camp. He looks <clears throat> like a five-star running back. So that <clears throat> that's exciting for Bobby Petrino. You'll be under center, some two back, some two tight ends, some motion. It's not going to be completely different because you guys know you got to win up front in the SEC. The lines are always going to be important. But you're going to see some different things, and I do know that this offense is excited to play under Bobby Petrino. Now, I'm a, for me, Andrew, if, I'm a, if I have a quarterback and I've given him the job, I have to ha give him the full green light. I don't want him looking over his shoulder. Now, Rob brought to my attention, you know, Jimbo can be a little bit tough on his quarterbacks. Is he going to lengthen – the leash on Wegman and not have him looking over his shoulder, not having him scared to pull the trigger that Max is going to take his job soon as he makes a mistake, which to me is a recipe for disaster for any quarterback. This isn't me picking on Jimbo. This is just any QB. No, question. no, no. Good question. No, yeah. Rudy, what's, what's the old saying in football when you have two? You have right. None, right? This is, <laughs> right. But this, but, but this isn't that scenario. Okay. That when you are, when you are the quarterback, no, Jimbo does not want you playing, looking over your shoulder. This is why he is a why guy. The why can be on a completion as well. It doesn't have to be just the incompletion. And, the, and the, one of the real in, interesting things about Connor Wigman is he can come off the side. Like, starting tomorrow, Jimbo's no longer over his right or left shoulder on that field. He's now on the sideline. So now Connor has to make all the decisions. It, it, it's, a slight, it's a different thing when you're in camp and you have Jimbo saying, you know, 
uh, telling a scout guy he's not in the right spot, telling a receiver he didn't run the right route, telling Connor he had a guy open. I, I get this. But Connor can see that play and then go over to that sideline and tell Jimbo exactly what he saw. And that becomes the key. If Connor's not seeing what he's supposed to be seeing, yeah, then that leash gets a lot shorter because right. he's not managing the game any longer. If he tells Jimbo, hey, this is what I saw, this is why I made the play, and Jimbo goes, yeah, he never wants a, he never wants a quarterback to play looking over his shoulder. It's, if you're not making the right decisions, if you're not managing the game, you're not getting the team to the line in time, you're not finding the middle linebacker, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, yeah, then you don't, you don't deserve that job. But that's the thing. He, there's a lot of trust for his quarterbacks. Is he hard on them? Yeah. Like he says, you can't be a knucklehead and touch the ball every single snap. You can have knuckleheads if they're not touching the ball maybe once or twice a game, even though he won't have a, have a knucklehead. But that's why the center and the quarterback are so important. They touch the ball every single right. play, and that's and – that's, that decision-making, game management, and, and having the trust of your teammates is the reason why Connor has the job. That's Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Aggies. Uh, we'll get uh, the party started 5 o'clock Saturday, go all the way through as New Mexico comes in. Uh, you know, we, we, we've heard so much about this receiving core with Evan Stewart and finally Amush Muhammad, a, a healthy one, and then Anaya Smith deciding to come back. How much of that group are we going to see Petrino utilize? I mean, is this going to be the downfield <laughs> attack that so many of us hope to see? Yeah, you're going to see, you're going to see some of that. And what's, what's really interesting is uh, I had an opportunity earlier in camp. Jimbo always invites me to kickoff camp. So during that weekend, you get a chance to sit in on some of the player meetings that they have. And one of them was with the quarterbacks and, and Bobby Petrino with all four quarterbacks in there at the time. And it was just fascinating and his big message was look when, when they're putting up plays from the, from the practice the day before he's getting into their minds what are you thinking and he says look you have to tell me what you're thinking so I can tailor when you're in there what you're comfortable with and what you should be seeing and one of the things that he came out and said was look if we get a nine yard run on first down second and one this is a great time to take a shot mm. that's just football right there but this is a great time to take a shot now you're at second and one. You know, you always have to know when zero is on the, is on the field. Right. Because it's, it doesn't have to be just a deep shot for these guys. It could be a, it could be a slant. But now you've got a guy who can win 50-50 right. balls in Evan Stewart. And you guys know how excited I am about freshmen who become sophomores. <laughs> when, <laughs> when there's so much more understanding of how to prepare for Saturdays, not just the Saturdays. And then Moose who put on a show against LSU. Look, there's a name that I thought had a really good camp, and we'll see. Jade Walker, who comes from Grand Valley State, he's a, he's a Cleveland kid, just wowed everybody with camp with his size and, and his speed. Micah Tease has speed. Raymond Cottrell has speed. Jordan Anthony, who comes from Kentucky, is a track guy who has some speed. I, I think Jimbo keeps saying you're only as good as your as – um, you go too deep. You, you know, you have to have a first and a second unit. I think that's the difference is they don't have to throw the same three guys out there right. as receivers. So that, I think that helps throughout the, throughout the game that you are fresh or fresher. Uh, but you just have guys who can, who can win 50-50, you guys with, with catch radius, the guys who can just make plays. And I love that they've gone up against this secondary, <laughs> which is pretty stout. The good on good is pretty competitive. 
and that's what that's what excites me is that there were moments that the defense was winning. There's moments that the offense is winning, but I love the way they make each other better. So I'm really excited about this. It's a much deeper, I think, receiving core than, than maybe Jimbo's had since he's been here. As far as I can remember, it's been a bit since we've seen things like, well, Mike Evans would be the last time I remember having this kind of depth and speed at wide receiver. And talk about depth and speed, that is Andrew Monaco. The party starts tomorrow <laughs> at 5 o'clock. We can't wait to hear the call. The Aggies going to be live here all season long right here on San Antonio Sports Star. And when you hear the Aggies, you know it's going to be Andrew Monaco bringing them to you. Hey, thanks for stopping by, man. We Appreciate look forward you. Next week. Have a great call this week, and we'll talk to you next Friday. Always wonderful talking to you guys. Have a great day. Andrew Monaco, voice of and San Antonio's own. Hey, coming back, we got a RJ Ochoa sighting. We're going to stop by with blogging the boys. Huge news. Uh, with the uh, ACC expanding, and we're going to look around the, less the co- rest of the college bas- football landscape. But first, those who stay up all night to watch in- basketball watched a, uh, a little bit of a scare today. What's as the that? Team USA almost uh, stubbed their toe against Montenegro. They're always tough against us. They always put together a really tough, hard-nosed team. They play you tough. They're physical. So I'm not shocked to hear that. 85-73, the final score. A little bit. Uh, though the 12 contest, is almost a stub your toe. Well, I'm just saying. They're saying the contest was closer than the score yeah. indicates. It came on the back of strong play as Anthony Edwards continues to take a grasp on the next superstar in the NBA, Tyrese Halliburton and Austin Reeves, the New rock star that is Austin Reeves. Those guys are rising to the level of their competition, taking down Montenegro 85-73 in the closest of the uh, FIBA basketball games to date. The victory puts Team USA in a strong position to advance to the World Cup quarterfinals next week, but it underscored the challenge uh, coming up against uh, a big Lithuania team. Montenegro was big. They had to go big last night, and as they did, notice we're not talking about the bigs for – (laughs) <laughs> for the uh, Team USA, Jerry there are Jackson. None. <laughs> and uh, what's the big Kessler? Walker oh, Kessler, Kessler. Yeah, you're right. Had to go against those big Euros. Uh, that's uh, 85-73. It's still a, a comfortable walk away. Yeah, I'll take it. You know what else I'll also take, Rob? There's an R.J. Ochoa sighting. He is just around the corner, and I understand he's sitting in the dark. We're going to go deep with the Cowboys and all that transpired this week with blogging the boys' own Rock the Mic champ, R.J. Ochoa. He's coming next. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the R.J. Ochoa Show on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30 with the manager and editor-in-chief of blogging the boys, R.J. Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's R&R wrapped around an RJ. This is the R&R intro portion to the RJ Ochoa show. He's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. We're in maroon. I can't tell what color RJ's in. Why are you in the dark, RJ? Welcome on. Uh, it's great. It's great to be with you guys. Happy Friday. Um, I'm a little under the weather, if that isn't oh. obvious. And so, like, um, I'm kind of like a vampire right now. You know what I mean? That's how you want the house. You're not feeling well. Like, everything's just got to kind of match your internal tone. Um, but the good news is um, I sound sexy. Like CD You do. You got a little. Uh, with, with my voice like this, yeah. Now, so, the good um, thing you know, is. Pros and cons. The good thing is I'm I'm almost positive because I know everyone here is dealing with it, too. I think it's more severe allergies. Don't mean you feel better, but it isn't, you know, the flu or anything. But I think it may be severe, severe allergies. I don't know what the hell's floating, but it's bad. 
it's tough times, but, um, you know, we got to power through. Has it spread I, around the know. Ochoa household? Are you the only one ill? Have you? Uh... Um, you know, it has. Yeah. And uh, they don't tell you that. When you're a kid and you're like, I'm sick and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> they don't tell you like, hey, when you're an adult and you're the head of the household and everyone is sick, you have to still you still got to do everything abilities and yeah. everyone who depends on you needs their stuff and if you get a new puppy the before she's still gonna piss on the floor so like all that stuff is uh it's still going on it's still making my life adulting better. sucks my friend it's also quite beneficial when you see the little one how's the puppy doing by the way before we talk some uh trey lance she's actually really great um we originally were going to call her lady bear we've decided to call her honey um, so we've got bear and honey, uh, big, uh, you know, thinking about renaming our house to the thousand acre woods. And, um, she's, uh, she's sleeping through the night, which is really the biggest thing that I care about because her are so small. They're like, you can poop 10 times in the house and it's really not going to affect us that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, so, no, no. Those right. are just little pep pebbles. You good. But those you grow. Good. Exactly. Fix that early. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So this has been an interesting week for our Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, and I really don't even know where to begin because I'm not even sure what, what how big a story this is. But the, the Trey Lance move uh, kind of tilted the scale on a lot of different fronts. The Mike McCarthy situation, where Dak Prescott is as quarterback, and then just the idea of, the, of maybe a, the quarterback of the future already in the building. With, with, underneath this grand umbrella of the story, what do you make of Trey Lance arriving, the draft pick that went out, the, the McCarthy uh, unaware and the DAC being unaware and all that kind of goes into this mix. So uh, first let me offer, um, I'm going to trust Rudy. My apologies to Rudy. I did not remember. Uh, maybe the, the sickness was already infiltrating my mind um, last Friday oh. when this happened. Uh, and I, I really did not remember Rudy. And also when Rudy uh, texted me about this, my phone was being attacked. Oh, you were getting killed. Yeah, I could, uh, I could imagine. So it was, it was very difficult to compartmentalize everything. Uh, I will agree, Rob, this has been a really unique thing. And my initial reaction was one of sensitivity for Dak Prescott. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I was immediately pre-annoyed. I was pre-annoyed <laughs> at what all of this week's national headlines would be. Um, and I had to say that I forecasted that completely correctly. But um, the, the, the weird thing about this that, you know, a lot of people don't want to accept is that this is, you know, so often in the NFL, you can look at a situation and you can look at how timelines are matching up, how teams are doing something, right. how all those timelines are, are, are all moving in one direction, whether towards a rebuild or this or that or whatever. Um, these timelines match whatsoever. Um, and that's, that's why, you know, the idea that Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future is absurd, even if you're the biggest Dak Prescott critic in the world. Dak's cap number next year is just south of $60 million dollars. That has to be extended. I mean, there's no way the Cowboys carry that into 2024. Um, at the same time, in the offseason, they're going to have to figure out whether they want to pick up Trey Lance's fifth-year option or not. And there's no way that they're going to tie themselves up in that much quarterback money, even if Trey Lance shows all the wonder in the world about practices this entire season. And so, um, in all likelihood, they're heading into next year with Trey Lance in a contract year and Dak Prescott with a sweet extension that ties into the Cowboys for what will then be, you know, the next three to four years. Go well, then ahead. why do it, RJ? Like, because, I, I mean, mean I, I disagree with you. I think I, I think there's a, a, I don't know how big a percentage, but I do think there's a small percentage of Jerry that feels like this could be the future, but where you break it down makes total sense. So that's why I ask you, then why do it? 
I mean, that's a great question. And I, I guess if you have to answer it, um, the answer is that this is a, a league where quarterbacks are the hottest ticket in town. You can you can never have enough, even when you have, you know, one. And if you, you know, if you trade for Trey Lance and he turns out to be great and you can flip him for something, awesome. If he turns out to be great and you really think he's better than Dak Prescott, okay, that's a, a difficult problem to solve, but you can do it. I mean, for what it's worth, again, if we're, you know, exploring all tentacles of this situation, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles took on the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history from trading Carson Wentz because they felt like they had to move on. They felt like they had an answer worth exploring in Jalen Hurts in that 2021 season. And obviously that worked out great for the Eagles, but they did have to eat that money. So it's not uncommon that to happen. It happened relatively recently, obviously. But if you're playing the game of all likelihood, it's that nothing really materializes from this. But again, I think the why is, why not? Why, why not take a stab at this? We know Mike McCarthy historically loves to have a quarterback to develop. They got one for a really cheap price who is far better than anybody they would have drafted this year. It's just a weird thing that creates some weird right. discussion. This timing was so odd, and I understand that you couldn't fix the timing. The timing was what it was, but the situation just kind of exploded in everybody's face, it felt like. Yeah, and I will say I don't think there's any – I'm, I'm not, as a fan or anything, bothered by Mike McCarthy not being told, by Dak Prescott not being told. Because at the end of the day, this decision shouldn't involve them, right? I mean, it's fine if you want to, but well, this, is a, a, this is a roster management decision. This isn't, you know, to do with the offensive scheme. This isn't to do with the offensive implementation. Those are the facts of football that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott have their hands over. I mean, it's no different in my mind than the Cowboys not consulting them on who they should take in the first round. There are different responsibilities here. But that being said, uh, vocalizing that you didn't tell them is an interesting choice to say at least. That's the, the little bit of pot stirring that it felt like happened here. That's what made all this really annoying. Um, but again, I don't think you have to tell them because you should be that simpatico. I mean, it's understood that Mike that McCarthy way. likes to have a quarterback to develop. And the Cowboys, for what it's worth, have only drafted two quarterbacks in the Dak Prescott era. They took Mike White in the fifth round in 2018 and Ben DiNucci in the fifth round in 2020. And so I know everybody made a big deal about Dak's comments last Saturday night. I think by now it's well understood that he was probably more upset on behalf of Will Greer than anything. But, I mean, if uh, on the remote possibility Dak is in his feelings, which I don't think to be the case personally, if he is, dude, chill out. Because <laughs> yeah. this, this idea is what – and this disposition is what led to you having your job. If the Cowboys hadn't been forward-thinking in 2016 and taken a stab right. with a fourth-round pick in right. the exact same way – I mean, they would have been up a creek with a quarterback that season, and your career would have never unfolded the way that it did. Again, I don't think Dak's upset, but this is the game. I mean, and everybody has to play their way, and the front office just did their part. Now, do you think when Dak called him to console him after Trey broke his ankle that he had any idea he'd end up on the Cowboys <laughs> roster? Probably not. Um, but, I mean, that's the, the way. That's how Dak is, right? That's who he really is, right? So do you think okay? Yeah. So do you think he's going to take on the the? I'm going to take. I got to do handle my business, but I'll still take you under my wing and teach you all I can. Or will he take the approach of, dude, I'm not going to help you become my replacement? I think I've said before that if you're a Cowboys fan, um, and Rudy, I know that's a battle you wrestle with internally. I did, yes, um, big, big time. Um, but if you're a Cowboys fan, Dak Prescott is a dream of a player to root for. Like he is that Disney dude who does the right thing and says the right thing and 
you know, looks epic when he's running out of the tunnel. Like, he checks all those boxes. And I, I do believe him to be that guy who will, will help Trey Lance in his wow. development in the name of bettering the team. Um, there was a lot of chatter floating around this past week about how Tony Romo did that with Dak Prescott. I'm not here to besmirch the name of Tony Romo that I love very much, <laughs> yeah, but that us. was not the case. No, it wasn't. Romo did not do that. No. Uh, Mark, Mark Sanchez was the only dude helping Dak Prescott out when he was a rookie in 2016. And, you know, I think on a human level, how can you blame Romo? I mean, it was a difficult I thing wouldn't. to accept. And so I don't blame anyone for not doing that. Yeah. Again, you're, on, on, you're, a, you're, on an interesting sidebar, have you noticed on Hard Knocks how far they have gone to point out how – giving Aaron Rodgers has been to young Zach. You know, they. I mean, he's taking him under his wing. He's calling touchdown plays for him. He's coaching him up. He's doing all this stuff. I think there's been a concerted effort to kind of rehab Aaron Rodgers' um, reputation that he garnered with Jordan Love, although I'm not sure that was true back then with Love either. I don't know if he shut him down or didn't mentor no. him at all. But they, he's certainly I'm been not. a mentor to Zach. I buy that to be legitimate with Rogers. Oh, I do. I think it's well, but I think um, I mentioned Phoebe from Friends and her sexy. Uh, she's also the subject of a great plot line that went in one episode of Friends, where Joey tells her there's no selfless good deed, right? Like you can't you can't do any good deed without some sense of selfishness, because at the very least you feel good about doing it. So there's selfishness associated with any good deed you want to do. Um, and so very, I think there's some self. It's a very existentialist view. Right. And Aaron Rodgers is an existentialist kind of person. Um, and I think, Very you know, so. un for, unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers Corp, um, what he's doing has been done before, right? Like the older Hall of Famer who finds a new team who goes on to have success and even win the Super Bowl with him. Peyton Manning did it. Tom Brady did it. So you can do anything new, Aaron. How can you make this new? Well, you can have the success. You can win the Super Bowl and yeah. you can train the young Padawan. And you can leave the organization. Because what, what has happened to the Broncos and the Patriots and now the Bucks since, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady walked away? They've been in purgatory. But Aaron Rodgers can be known as the guy who came in. And, and like, think, think about how lame it was up. to call it. Well, think about how lame it was to call it Jet Life Stadium. Like, that's the most, like, <laughs> low-hanging fruit comment of all time. Like, Aaron Rodgers is, like, you know, you know screaming J-E-S. -E it's like, dude, quit being such a hardo. We get it. You want people to think you're into this right now. Um, so I'm not saying it's disingenuine, but I am saying that there's a bit of selfishness. One last question before we move on to the team itself. There was an opportunity cost to going and getting it, a fourth-round pick. That fourth-round pick could have been used if you had a fourth-round pick to move. I mean, legit. And we didn't know we did until he made the deal. Wouldn't a fourth-round pick been more appropriately used on something that could be usable right now, like maybe an offensive lineman? Maybe. Um... But, um, I mean, the opportunity cost in this case isn't, you know, tremendous, um, I would offer. And now, for what it's worth, the Cowboys don't have a sixth-round pick next year. They've already traded that as well um, when they moved up to get Eric Scott Jr., so they're down those two. But they're slated to get their usual run of compensatory picks. And that's, that's where and how they feel safe. If okay. They know we can burn these, get a couple down the road. We can always move around. We can always dance around. And we can pick that up. We can recoup, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's a day three pick. I know it sounds cool because it's a fourth-round pick, but it's a day three pick. Like, if you're not picking on Thursday or Friday night, nobody really cares at the end of the day. I saw that the Ravens – it was for other reasons, but I saw the Ravens are holding four QBs. <laughs> and Rob and I had an interesting back and forth, and Rob kind of wanted to hold four QBs. 
where where I mean nitpick the fifty three because the thing about you RJ you are a fan but you give it to them straight. What would you nitpick about the final fifty three? I think it's worth mentioning, and this still has to do with the Trey Lance trade. The new rule, it's a new old rule, but involving the third quarterback right. team. So if you have a third quarterback on your 53, he can technically be this ghost player that is a part of your 46-man active game day roster without counting against that. Right. And and he can dress. And if you're in an emergency where your top two go down, you can have that two go in. Ironically, that came as a result of Trey Lance's former team. Um, so, I mean, I would challenge you to find a QB3 that you feel better about than Trey Lance. Um, it would be very difficult. But to Rob's point, I we'll mean, afford them. Put, like, well, I mean, let's. You know, Rob, I'm let's just saying. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you, RJ. Uh, but, you know, he had a great Saturday night, and I'm really, I will always remember it. But I mean, you know, let's, you know, let's be cool. It was, it was the <laughs> final you. night before everyone went to clutch. You know what I mean? Thank it was you. Whatever. It, uh, anyway. Wow. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So I mean, I'm not opposed to hoarding them like Baltimore's doing. That's a little bit more unique. Um, but as far as critiquing the 53, I wish they'd gone a little bit deeper at offensive line. Yeah, is that born out of fear? Definitely. Yes. Are they are they weirdly going about linebacker only keeping three? Yes, but that's a little bit more common. It feels like, mm-hmm. and you know the the day and age of your kind of classic off ball linebacker is over. In fact, the Cowboys defense is really positionless. There's no you know mm-hmm. real D tackles, D ends. There are two groups that defenders fall in for the Cowboys: there's pass rushers and there's players who drop back. That's it. Like, and Dan Quinn has so many athletes that he can utilize them in a number of different ways, as evidenced by the way he uses safeties in the box and things like that. Um, I mean, I, I don't mean to be the, like, Kool-Aid drinking, this really feels like the year Cowboys guy, but I have very few qualms with how they handled it. Would it have been cool if they had carried Isaiah Land and not seen him get poached by the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah. But I was shocked that Land. I was guy. shocked they let Land walk. I, I, I really was. That was, like, one of the first couple of things I talked about with a couple of buddies of mine. The reality is, I mean, where where's he getting snaps this year? You know, and that's that sucks. Like, you know, if you're good at this, it should be hard. If you're good at this, you should agonize over that 53rd decision. And so it's quite possible Land was number 54. And sometimes, you know, you're just number 54. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he has another opportunity, but it would have been great, obviously, had the Cowboys been able to get him back on the practice squad. I know you talked just a little about the offensive line. And if there is one qualm that I have, it's that. That it just, we know that they're going to get hurt. That two of these guys are going to miss games. It's just the numbers tell us that so it's been negative. that. Well, we have to at some point address the fact that your offensive line is going to it's going to be a point of pain, and it, they did not, at least to this point, address a depth issue other than through their draft. And I know they rely and are comfortable with their drafting alignment, but I'm not comfortable here. I do think that this is going to get them. So I agree with you. And not that this is a defense, but that's sort of a problem across the entire True. NFL. You know what I mean? Like right now, the three of us, we're going to buy a house and we're like, man, this is expensive. You know, like, yeah. like this house this is really expensive. It's like, yeah, dude, like welcome to the world. Um, now, if you are trying to give them credit, they did sign Chuma Adoga in free agency. They did draft Austin Richards with a fourth round pick. They did sign TJ Bass as an undrafted free agent. All of them made the team. Um, I mean, so they did add by multiple avenues this offseason. Again, if you're really trying, um, I don't – last year I thought that they went about things really foolishly. I mean, they, they went about operating as if Tyron was never going to miss time. I do think that as a result of that, at least, they have to have a contingency plan in place 
but it doesn't feel as foolish as it did a year ago. Again, I don't feel great about it, but I would also challenge you to find the team in the NFL that feels wonderful about their eighth or ninth offensive line. Because of the chemistry Dak and Schultz had, and then now where we see the tight end money is gone, oh, RJ. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> do you think, I mean, maybe Schultz could have stuck around for 10 to 12? I mean, we're, we're at 17 now. I mean, Dak loved him some Schultz. And I'm not saying that Ferg can't be the guy, RJ. I'm just saying, like, now where we see the numbers, Schultz wasn't too bad at 10 to 12. Well, you said 10 to 12. He got nine from the Oh, that's right. So why are you going to pay him more than Houston? <laughs> You're um, right about that. I mean, that's, that's the reality is that it is just, you know, people turn this into memes and things like running backs don't matter, whatever. Unless you are Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and that's really it. Like, I, I think we're all fascinated by Kyle Pitts. Um, Darren Waller has had a moment in the sun. He got paid, Johnny too. Smith had a moment in the sun. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, unless you're one of those dudes, it's just not worth paying that position. And Dak has shown that he can make, I don't want to say anyone who plays it productive, but just about anything close to that. And so you don't have to waste that money. And, again, let's not act like Dak and Dalton played a lot together. I mean, Dalton really took off in 2020 when Dak got hurt. I mean, they really kind of had just that 2021 season all the way through together, and that was what led to Dalton getting the tag that he played on last year. Gotcha. That's RJ Ochoa blogging the boys. Make sure you're following him and checking blogging the boys on the daily if you call yourself a Cowboys fan. You're probably already there. And uh, Cowboys fans today are going through uh, the loss of one of the architects, Gil Brandt passing away yesterday. Um I think it hit a lot of people in a very unique way. He's kind of like grandpa. I learned it from you, RJ. I had just so going on the, you know, during the break, I went onto your Instagram and I, I, I learned that from you. What, what, what did y'all write about Gil? I mean, it's you know, in, in situations like this, it's tough to to really say anything. I mean, because his career kind of spoke for itself. Um, true. If you know, if anyone is, I would even offer under the age of fifty, they they might not be fully aware of Gil Brandt's contributions to the Cowboys brand. I mean, at the beginning, it was Tex Schramm, it was Tom Landry, and it was Gil Brandt. And they all innovated in their own special ways. Tom Landry, obviously, in the most visible on the field. Tex Schramm, literally in the most visible by way of television marketing and public relations. I mean, it's, it's Tex Schramm's contributions that lead to the Cowboys being on Thanksgiving every year, playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, but Gil Brandt innovated in the scouting department. I mean, he was the first dude to be like, let's use computers, right? Like, let, let's let the computers um, kind of, you know, process this information. And it led to the discovery of so many Hall of Fame players, uh, Ring of Honor players, important contributors. I mean, he revolutionized the, the part of the reason the NFL draft is what it is today uh, is because of Gil Brandt. And, and he helped identify that as this resource that needed to be completely and totally, you know, dried up. You were interested in improving your football team. And so um, he truly is one of the most important and influential people in NFL history. He's rightfully in the Ring of Honor and the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I think he's an example of, I saw this conversation floating around yesterday, like, you know, I think we all have a bit of an internal piece that he was able to see himself go into the Hall of Fame. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen for everybody. And it brings up the Jimmy Johnson Ring of Honor stuff. Dude, time is so precious. Like, there's, there's no, there's no reason you. to not let people like this, you know, enjoy their moment in the sun that they deserved. And hopefully Gilbrandt got to experience this.
This is more of an NFL question, but it involves the Cowboys, RJ. Rob and I discussed a little bit earlier the, the Forbes valuations. And is it time we get back, especially because of the NFL and how big they are and how much money they make, to where we just go back to no salary cap and then we're not even having to deal with these things? Or is it still a necessary evil in your eyes? Um, I mean, I'm always pro-player, so I would love to see the players get, you know, everything mm-hmm. that they possibly could. Uh, but I will say there's just zero way that the NFL ever allows that <laughs> uh, because their cap is a fraction of their overall net earnings in a given year. And the cap is um, is a built-in excuse. Hey, yes. man, we tried. We're we awesome. can't. I mean, the, <laughs> you know, we're up against the salary cap. You know, it works some way. Nobody understands. We're over. We're under. You know, but we're going to be over. We had to leave money to sign our rookies or whatever the case may be. So um, it's it, there's no way they get rid of that. It protects them in a lot of different ways. The owners, that is. And this is an owner's league, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's stupid, the evaluation. I, I always think about um, – I don't know if either of you saw that movie, Concussion. Yes. There was a line in, in the trailer for that movie that I always think about. And it was when somebody's playing Will Smith's character, um, like to be careful, challenging the NFL. And they, again, it was so powerful. They said, you're going up against somebody that owns a day of the week. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's who they <laughs> that are. Like they, they really and totally, absolutely do. It's their world. I mean, it's crazy that they're more valued than some Premier League teams or La Liga teams. Like, they're not a worldwide league, yet they have worldwide fame and fortune. That's well RJ said. Ochoa well of Blogging the Boys. Uh, we are about to close out the segment. Before we go, I want to – this news crossing board that we do have another shift in the college football land that Stanford and Cal and SMU are joining the ACC. Oh, really? It, it appears that this phone Who meeting – did they that, get to uh, vote? There, was a, there were four possible votes no. They had to carry 12 of the 15 uh, they needed to flip one. Evidently, they did. SMU and too. SMU, Cal, and uh, Berkeley are, are Stanford are headed to uh, the ACC. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Oregon State. Tough team. Tough, <laughs> tough morning to be a Beaver. I mean, <laughs> uh, tough morning to be a Beaver. Save that, Edwin. <laughs> um, that's really, I, I, I don't. Um, like, I don't live and die with some of the college football pageantry and traditions as much as a lot of people. Um, my internal focus just has to exist on Sundays, obviously, um, throughout the fall. But I'm, I'm at the very least interested. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I am a fan of this or I'm enjoying this, but we're at this point now where, I, like, let's see it. Like, I'm, 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 ready, I'm ready to say, like, let's see what this looks like. Let's see, you know, Oregon travel to, you know, Happy Valley on a yes. Saturday night. Like, I'm, like... Let's get weird. Like, at this point, I feel for the athletes. I feel for everybody involved. I can't believe, again, like, you know, college football is this massively popular thing. But from a wealth standpoint, it's worth, again, a fraction of the NFL. But it, it's just, it's so difficult to, like, explain this to people. You know, like, it's like, I'm sure people hit you up in your daily lives, you know, when y'all are out doing your own personal errands, you know, going where you like to go, Rudy. We all know those places. And people are like, okay, so, like, what's going on in college football? Why? Why? Like, why did Oregon State get left out? Like, it's the most difficult concept in the world to explain. What are you going to do this last week before this, you know, before you lock all the way in for these next 17 weeks? You got any plans with the family? Because these next 17 weeks, you know how it's going to be. 18 weeks uh, for the regular season. 18, you're right, because of the bye. more beyond that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, um, at this point, just rest and recuperate and get healthy. 
Uh, that's, you sound that's like Mike McCarthy. Goes, uh, you sound like Mike but, McCarthy. What this came home from camp? <laughs> yeah, um, but it is. You know, it's exciting. Um, and truthfully, I mean, for me, I I really enjoy the the scheduled kind of action that my life becomes. Like it's so easy to kind of identify. This always happens on Mondays. This always happens on Thursdays. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's fun having football back. I did not stay up for the Arizona State game last night. If either of you did, kudos, no, especially no. given what you do for a living. Uh, but it's it's fun having that you know that option back in our lives. So I'm pumped about it. He's RJ Ochoa. My Check man. his stuff at Blog and the Boys. Following him on the X's and the Instas and everything else that you keep up with in the, for the outside world. But all in all, get well, RJ. We can't wait to talk to you next week. <laughs> Before next week, y'all have a glass of chocolate milk. I don't even know how to respond to that. At what age do you have to stop drinking chocolate milk? Uh, the last glass of chocolate milk that I had. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the, and the funny thing is, I enjoy chocolate milk. I don't dislike it. You're not lactose? Oh, you know, I think to some extent I am. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I think that's more of a product of age than anything else. Yeah. Four days await me, my friend. Yeah, man. Um, enjoy your birthday weekend slash week. It is. Uh, get your get, don't forget to get so, your the your steps in. Oh, uh, don't worry about that. Uh, I've got a a master of uh, motivation that I live with. Oh, okay. Get a, get your lazy ass off the couch, kind of stuff. A <laughs> uh, and M uh, will not cover. But what thirty eight? I was wrong. It's twenty four. Oh, okay, I was about to say yeah, that's a lot. A uh, and M won't cover. Uh, Texas will. What's their spread? Uh, 25, I think. Yeah, they'll cover that. Texas will. Uh, UTSA wins, but it's going to be a dogfight in Houston. Mm. It's going to be close. Uh, Frank Harris will be an early Heisman talk about her. Looking at, he'll, he'll, he's going to have some numbers. I agree with that. And, uh, UTSA wins that game. Yeah, or? I think, I think UTSA wins. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a picking on the line kind of guy, but I will say it's going to be a dogfight. Did you see, have you seen the 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 Cougars Oilers throwback? Oh my gosh, I can't believe we did. Yeah. You know what, Houston? You're not allowed to wear that. What? That's the Cougars have nothing to do. that for the pro. <laughs> well, the see the problem with that I is I guess the it's cuz the Titans are doing it. Right. But hey, they're, I, I, they're pretty I sweet. It's pretty though. cool. It, it is a really cool idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still screaming birds up, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, the last thing I want is them fired up in those cool uniforms taking us on. But I do think it's going to be a dogfight. It, it, it's yeah, not going those, to be easy. Those uniforms are pretty sweet. I ain't going to lie. That's the first thing Houston's done right in a while. Because a UTSA now has a target. Yes. And that's a whole different world. They, you know, Everybody looked at them different last year as the season began. Now it's a target. Now they are they are they're hunted. Yeah, they're hunted for sure. And it's a whole different world when you're dealing with that. Well, I got them winning. I think we're headed toward a good week in the football. Uh, we will be gone, all of us, on Monday as we celebrate the holiday. And uh, you'll return here on Tuesday, minus me and yeah, with me, James Pleasure. Yeah, myself and Pledge Tuesday. We'll have a great call. We got high school football tonight. Where are you going to be? Comalander O'Connor versus Judson. Well, you're going to have to go get your rest, drink your fluids, because you got a double duty today. Don't yes, forget sir. the blitz is just around the corner, and high school football will be going off. Aggie football, don't forget, we get going at 5, the kickoff's at 6. Catch it live right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Everybody celebrate appropriately, and we'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen.